Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in on you. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-boo. I just did Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Here I come. Um, Out here in Kansas City, I just did this amazing... uh, amphitheater outside the crowd was absolutely fucking amazing it was a whole bunch of people and people were just you know they weren't all liquored up you know they're having a good time but like uh you know people shouting at the stage a little bit but it was all fun stuff and um i just had a blast i just want to thank everybody for coming out and you know i was joking on stage about how i struck out trying to get a smoothie that's my move when i'm on the road you know I get the smoothie for breakfast. That way I don't become Billy Fat Tits out here, you know? You start off with bacon and eggs, you got the salt, and you want some sugar. You start with the pancakes, and you take a fucking sugar nap 10 minutes later. Or I go out, and I get a smoothie that doesn't have a bunch of sugars in it. I don't go to one of those fucking, you know, the chick smoothie place, you know, with the silly straws and all of that. I go to the uh, the ones where they have the gross shots that you... Ugh. It's your drink, and they're supposed to fucking help your liver, whatever the hell they tell you to do. I try to go to those ones. Um, Whatever they are, they've been working for me. So I sort of like, you know, Googled where to go or I asked the fucking robot chick in the phone where to go. It tells me this place right up the street. So go up the fucking street, and it says it's open, right? So I go up there. I go up there. It's fucking closed, and the sign on the door says it should be open. It's just locked, and I'm looking in there. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. So I lose my shit, as always, you know. And then I find out there's another place up the way, about a quarter mile away. So I go, oh, fuck it, whatever. That'll be whatever. Half a mile away from my hotel, half a mile back. I just walked a mile in. I'll drink a smoothie. Who gives a shit? Quit your whining, right? Be happy you have a show. Fair enough, right? So I fucking walk over there. The juice thing is inside of a Whole Foods. And I go into the Whole Foods, right? And it had like some sort of sign there that was like passively, aggressively trying to tell you to get the vaccine. (laughs) At least that's how I read it. I don't know what. And, you know, I go in there and the dude behind the fucking counter is... He has his back. It's weird because he's surrounded on three sides where people can approach him. So he's just facing that one wall, you know, that doesn't have a counter. And I'm standing on one of the side counters. So I'm looking at it like a, I'm perpendicular to him so I can see the side of his face. He's fucking sneezing. As I walk up, I see the guy. He's fucking sneezing. I'm in Missouri. These people don't give a fuck about COVID, generally speaking. So he's fucking sneezing. My God, like, oh, Jesus, of course he sneezes. I hope he washes his hand. Then he sneezes again. Now I come around the side. I'm getting to the side of him, right? Like that NFL camera, you know, where they spin around the fucking huddle. I'm walking around the side like that, and then I see him spit into the fucking trash barrel. Like he hocked up a fucking loogie, as they used to say back in the day. Then he sneezes again, blows his nose, and then takes two index fingers with the brown napkin and fucking shoves it up his nostrils, spinning the thing. And I just go, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) And when I walked away, he was still sneezing. It's like, if you're that fucking sick, what the fuck are you going to work for, right? 
I literally just told this story on the fucking podcast I do with Verzi, but I just had to tell, because I know you guys don't necessarily listen to both, but I just had to tell it again, because I was fucking beside myself that someone would go to work that fucking sick that is now going to handle somebody's food or shake or whatever. I just don't have it in me as the old guy to say that to a young person. Like, just out of curiosity, why are you coming to work if you're this sick? I'm fucking traveling here. See, I can't say it without cursing. I would end up messing it up. Um, it's got to be a nice way to say it. Like, hey, buddy, maybe you should, you, you should go home, man. You sound sick. Because I was going to spend some money here, and now I'm not. Or what, see, I still made it about myself. Whatever, I'm a cunt. So I walk out, and then I say to this lady, you know, I say, you know, around, is there a place around here where I can walk and get a decent breakfast? She goes, nah, I'm sorry, I don't know. I go, that's cool, that's cool, whatever. So I just start walking back, and then she yelled across the street. She goes, hey, right here, and she pointed to this little coffee shop. It looked like a mom-and-pop place. I was like, that's funny. I was thinking of going there to begin with. So I get there. He goes, you guys still doing breakfast? They're like, yeah. We don't have any breakfast burritos or any of the yummy stuff. I go, what do you got left? They go, the quiche. Oh, you got the bacon one? We have the veggie one. Of course you do. All right, let me get the veggie one. So they give me the veggie one. I go outside. I'm sitting in the sun. I'm like, fucking whatever. I take off my mask. I finally got the right fucking mask for on the airplane. It's fucking white as the driven snow. And I cut into this quiche, and there's a big fucking tomato and it had been heat, heated up so much in the microwave. It was like piping hot, like McDonald's coffee hot. I slice into it, and all the juice goes flying to the side and lands right on my mask. <laughs> it's just, I actually bursted out laughing at that point. I was just like, yeah, of course. Of course, I wiped it down. Tasted like shit. It needed like a fucking, I needed a salt lick to get this fucking thing down. And I walk back and I come back to the hotel to do my podcast. And all of a sudden, I just hear this guy in a microphone check, check, two, two, check, one, two, check, check, yo, 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 check, one, two, two, right? I'm like, what the fuck is that, right? And I see him putting a stage together. I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to have a symphony here later on tonight, whatever. So then all of a sudden, I hear this band tuning up. I'm like, what's going on? They had like this fucking jazz band started playing. They were great, but I couldn't do the podcast earlier. They had this chick on the drums that was fucking killing it. The guy in the trumpet, you know, it's playing all that fucking Kansas City jazz shit. <laughs> fucking like the trumpet or whatever. Um, the whole goddamn afternoon. And now I'm back here at the hotel. I swear to God, it's, it's 11 o'clock at night and I keep hearing this jackhammer. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. It's just been, it's been a loud, loud fucking afternoon. Um, anyway, whatever. I'm grumpy because I literally was on the road for 10 days. I came home for a day and a half. I had to go back out to knock out these two things. I just missed my kids or whatever. And, I, you know, been a tough, it's been a tough week here, you know, for obvious reasons. We lost Norm MacDonald this week, um, which was just, you know, I had no idea that he was even sick. And um, he's a guy that I knew a little bit, 
I was definitely friendly with them. If we saw each other, we said hello and we shut the shit, but it wasn't like someone that I talked to on the phone or anything. And I was such a huge fan of his and I would just always end up running into him. And he just always had that smile on his face. Like as you talk to him, he would have that smile. Just just a really great, warm guy. And I remember um, I was trying to think what Norm's story to tell you. This one isn't necessarily funny. It was just sort of random. I went out to go see Bill Cosby in concert right before all the bullshit happened out in Pasadena. And he played this theater out there, which interestingly enough was where they had the 25th anniversary of Motown celebration, which is the first place Michael Jackson publicly did the moonwalk. Um, I saw Bill Cosby at that theater and I remember they had it all set up where like they almost built him like a little living room. He had like an Archie Bunker type chair, a little square rug, and then like a side table where he put his water. And he just came walking out and there was the mic, there was no mic stand, it was just sitting on the chair. And he just came out, you know, he kind of walked a little bent over, came walking out, waved to everybody, sat down, picked up the mic. And for like almost two hours, just, you know, hour and a half, just killed just fucking killed. Had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Master class of stand-up, right? So I leave with my lovely wife, and I go out front, and who's standing there is Norm MacDonald. He was like, hey, uh, Bill, hey, uh, how you doing? <laughs> and I talked. It was like, Norm, what's going on? I was so psyched that he knew my name and all of that stuff, and uh, I think I had met him before. And then we just stood there, talking about comedy and how amazing it was to see Bill Cosby and how good he still was. Like I said, this was before all the bullshit happened. And um, my admiration for the guys, it went even higher that, you know, I understood why I was there, but I didn't, I thought Norm was so good that he didn't need to be there. And he was still there, still trying to learn and everything. And I was thinking like, wow, this is why this guy, is so fucking amazing. And, um, you know, he's just with somebody that um, you couldn't just watch one video of him. Like, you know, I was saying to Verzi how, like, guys like Ric Flair, Norm MacDonald, there's a few people, if you click on their videos, it's like say goodbye to the next two hours of your life because everything that they did was is so interesting and so different and so funny. And um, one of my favorite Norm MacDonald things that he ever did, you know, because so many people like pretend that they don't give a fuck, you know, both in my business and in other businesses. You got, the, I don't give a, hey, you know me, I don't give a fuck. You know, those people that advertise them. Like, that guy clearly, in the best way, didn't give a fuck. He really cared about people and stuff, but, like, like he did what he wanted to do. And when he was on SNL, how big a gig that was because there was so few channels. The Internet hadn't blown up yet. And even with basic cable and everything, I mean, it was still, if you were on Saturday Night Live and you were doing Weekend Update, it was one of the most coveted gigs a comedian could have and you were part of this lineage of you know at that point it was uh you know chevy chase 
um, Jane Curtin, right on through to Dennis Miller's reign when he did it. And, you know, I, did Colin Quinn come after? I think Colin came after. But it was always just like the best of the best comics that they had doing it and continued on with Tina Fey and all of them. And no one's walking away from that job. I mean, if some suit at NBC tells you they don't like the jokes you're doing and be funnier, you know, you're shaking in your... I would I would be. I'd be like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm going to lose this big gig. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to piss these people off or whatever. I guess he was doing all those OJ jokes and somebody... I forget how the story went. There was somebody there that knew OJ or something and was telling him, telling Norm to back off and move on to something else. <laughs> so what does Norm do? He just doubles down and he just does even more OJ jokes, which is like, you know, the balls that that took to do that. And he ended up losing the gig. He got fired and he was, and people loved him and he was fucking hilarious, but he, you know, he didn't back down to the to the to the big fucking guy over there and he ended up losing the gig. So you know, as luck would have it, I think it was dirty work came out like a year and a half later or so. So he has to promote it and he's on the press thing, so Lauren has him back and has him host the show. And I remember he went out there and his opening joke this opening joke, he just comes out, and he was just like, uh, "Yeah, you know, something, something like this. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. You know, I uh, actually got fired from this show uh, about a year and a half ago because they said it wasn't funny, and uh, now here I am. I'm hosting the show, so that means one of two things: either I got a lot funnier, or this show sucks." And then he had that big shitty grin in his face, and he started laughing. And then he proceeded to do a bunch of OJ jokes. And it was just like, like that fucking thing about him. And the whole time, the whole t I just felt the whole time when people were fucking with him or whatever and trying to take what he had, he always just still had that smile on his face. And he just still did exactly what um, he wanted to do. And um, I got have so much respect for him. And um, I feel so fortunate that I got to see him live. So I remember, oh, my God, I saw him right after 9-11. Uh, the Aspen after 9-11. Aspen Comedy Festival was this big fucking festival that was always a nightmare to get in and out of every year. It would snow and people would get stuck in Denver or you get snowed in, you couldn't get out. It was a fucking nightmare. And then as a comedian, you had to perform. It was like a mile higher than fucking Denver and no one could breathe and you're performing in front of all these super fucking rich people in front of industry and you just go up and you would eat your fucking balls and you're like, why did I come out here? And I remember I saw, uh, I saw Joe Rogan do a full set that I still remember. And then I saw Norm MacDonald. It was at the same theater. And, uh, and I remember Norm came out and he, you know, he was doing bits on racial profiling and all of this stuff. I'm not going to butcher the guy's bits, 
But I remember just watching that full set and I was like, this guy is one of the greatest comedians I've ever seen in my life. And I thought that every time I saw him and um, I don't know, it was a pleasure to know the guy, even on a, a little level, um, just a massive, massive, massive loss to not have him around. And especially now with all of this stupid fucking cancel culture horseshit that is going on, which has way, way, way overstepped its bounds, as it always happens, no matter who's behind it. It always ends up, you know, starting off with something that makes sense, and then that becomes the overreach, and then it just becomes like, hey, is it me, or did you literally become what the fuck you were trying to stop? And we, you know, I don't know, as a comedian, really needed a guy like Norm out there to be eviscerating it and making fun of it and still doing what the fuck you want to do. So if there's any other young comics out there, if you want to see how it's done, watch that guy because he was the real deal. All right. So with that, um, all right, let's do a little bit of ad reads here and then we'll wrap it up. Um, All right, Headspace, everybody. You know, wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep slash focus slash act slash be better? Yeah, that would be great. There is. Oh, thank God. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace, man, is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation, uh, is the only one, is one of the only, sorry, meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So, whatever the situation, Headspace can help you feel better. Overwhelmed. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Fuck, I got to do that one. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions. Their members swear by. And for parents... Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. What? How old are your kids? Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Well, isn't that wonderful? Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing med- uh, meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash burr. That's headspace.com slash burr for, for, for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash burr today. Oh, look who it is. But do 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 me undies. Me undies. Don't sneeze on my drink. Do 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 me undies. Me undies. Even though you're dressed in pink. Doesn't mean you're cool and you're relaxed. You're fucking sneezing and shitting out your crack. But if you wear a pair of me undies, you could blow your nose before you make me a protein smoothie. You fucking piece of shit. Uh, me, me undies. Are you afraid of the glow in the dark? Uh, well, shield your eyes because the new MeUndies Halloween just dropped. New MeUndies Halloween just dropped dead. 
there's one collection you don't want to ghost. It's this one. Sorry, people. Uh, with five new five new prints to turn up the terror, you should summon them before it's too late. Whether you're out whether you're out running a killer or being abducted by aliens this Halloween, be comforted by the fact that your undies are sustainable and softest are the what that your undies are sustainable and the softest in town. Me undies are made from natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees, making their micromodal fabric soft, breathable, and dangerously cozy. Get your spooky season up and haunting. With five new prints, I See You, My Boo, Tricks and Treats, Lazy Bones, and Lazy Pumpkin. Available in MeUndies, bralettes, socks, and loungewear in sizes extra small through 4XL. You going to finish that? There are a lot of... (laughs) There are a lot of options to consider. But make a decision quickly because there's somebody right behind you. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has a promise. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days. Uh, to get your first, to get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies.com slash Burr, B-U-R-R. And lastly, but not leastly, Roman. You know, most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. The folks at Roman and online men's health, all you have to do is figure out why you don't make the first to third out at third base, but for some reason... It's okay to make the second out. Then I'll let make you last another eight seconds. Uh, the folks at, Ro- at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman swipes. The secret to longer-lasting sex? Roman swipes are clinically proven, uh, are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast-acting, but don't require a prescription. Uh, Roman can ship swipes to you in, dis- in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you, you need it. Why do I have the hiccups now? I'm yawning. I have the hiccups. Uh, swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so her vagina is not going to numb up with your oversensitive, numbed-up dick. You know what I mean? It's like, you know... It's just on your dick. So you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipe. It's like you, you go back to dry humping. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Uh, go to GetRoman, R-O-M-A-N dot com slash Burr, and get $10 off your first <laughs> order. I'm sorry. of Swipes plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Burr for $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. Um, sadness of that, I'll tell you something happy. When I got off the road, um, you know, it's one of these deals. Like, you, I'm, I'm worried, like, my, is my son going to remember me at this point? Am I, you know, I was gone for fucking 10 days. And I came home, and he had the, he was coming down the stairs. My wife was bringing him down the stairs. He had the biggest smile on his face when he saw me huge smile wouldn't stop looking at me and I was like hey buddy how's it going hey, buddy come here 
And then he looked away, got shy, and then looked back, smiled again. It was so cute. And then she handed him to me, and he gave me the biggest hug. Like, he's a really good hugger because we hug him all the time. So he already knows what love is, which is the, you know, the job of you as a parent, right? So they don't end up as fucked up as you are, right? So he literally gives me a hug, rested his little head on my shoulder, which is the greatest thing ever, you know, to have a one-year-old do that even if they only do it for eight seconds, you know? For a one-year-old to do that for eight seconds, it feels like they did it for an hour. Um, and then I was making him laugh, and he was playing with the strings on my hoodie, and I walked into the kitchen, and it was just me and him, and he laid his head on my shoulder again for like another 10 seconds. It was like the greatest thing ever. And then uh, got down on the floor, played with them, and then I went and I picked my daughter up at school, and she freaked out. It was fucking awesome. It was just so awesome. And uh, now I'm back out on the road. But then I come back and I'm back for a while. So uh, thank God for FaceTime. Thank God to forever, whoever works over at Apple and didn't get the credit for creating that. Thank you to you. <laughs> Here's to you, the unsung heroes at Apple. Um, so anyway, I am at Red Rocks tomorrow. If you can, in the name of love, whether you two made that video, there's great backstage footage. I saw one time a Stevie Ray Vaughan there. Um, anybody, the Beatles played there. I mean, anybody who's anybody um, that ever sold tickets, I think eventually wanted to play Red Rocks. And I cannot believe that I'm going to get to play there tomorrow. And I am filming it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's kind of like, you know, when I make like a, an album, a vinyl or something like that, I always try to, with each tour, have some sort of extra thing that I make for people that are just, you know, interested in hearing how, you know, my shit jokes develop over the course of a tour or just want to hear like a different set of the same material or whatever. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to film it. And uh, I think I'm losing money because I'm 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 doing it the I'm filming it like a special because I just don't want to have this thing and not have it. Like, look, this is what happened. I was like, if I'm playing Red Rocks, I want video of it because I don't know if I'm ever going to be back. I just want to document that I got to stand on that f amazing, gorgeous, you know, amphitheater, whatever the fuck you call it, built into the side of the mountain. It is fucking gorgeous, and. Then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So now it's like a, a, a whole big production. But it's going to look fucking amazing. I can tell you that. It's going to look fucking amazing. And uh, I'm really psyched. And, you know, I'm just not putting any pressure on myself. And I'm just going to go fuck around and have a good time. I'm doing a show tomorrow. And then I come back in the beginning of October which is kind of funny because we're trying to like figure out what I should wear so it matches because right now, you know, I don't know how cool it is there. I think it's going to be like 59, 60 degrees, so it's not that bad. So who knows in a 10 days, you know, because you know how fucking weather is now. It goes from like fucking summer to winter now. Like there's no fall, so I don't know what... We shall see. We'll see. We'll end up. We'll see what ends up happening. But I, I, I got a feeling that it's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be a. Uh, I think it's gonna be. It's gonna come out great. Um, 
and I don't know, watching all those norm videos and that type of stuff. And I think it's going to inspire me to go a little harder or whatever in a good way. Um, speaking of going hard, man, did you guys see the MotoGP race this week? I uh, finally got to see that. Um, it's great to see Mark Marquez up in the lead again, not in the lead, but amongst the leaders. And, uh, was it Pekka, uh, Big Nye? Is that how you say his name? Um, on the final three laps, Mark Marquez passed him seven times. And then Pekka would just undercut him and get back in front of him again. It was fucking unbelievable racing. I heard the Formula One one was amazing um, also. But uh, Fabio Quattararo ended up coming in eighth. It was a moment there where it looked like he just kept getting past. There was something going on with his bike, which I just don't understand. I really don't understand how, like... With some of these guys, how their their motorcycles can just from race to race. Like there's been races this year where Quattarato from the jump, you couldn't even catch the guy. Like the race was fucking over. And then like the very next race, all of a sudden, yeah, there's something going on. It's something going on. It's just like, did they change mechanics? Is it different altitude? Is it the temperature, the tires? Is it all of that combined? that you could dominate motorcycle racing at the highest level that much. And then the very next week, it's like, you know, your team ran out of money and you're riding a motorcycle that I gave you or something like that. It's really crazy. And it's also making me um, have more respect for like, you know, the Honda team with Mark Marquez or, uh, or um, you know, when Davizioso was racing and he was on the uh, Ducatis, how they just were consistently, you know, top-notch and up there competing with uh, the leaders. And then you look at Valentino Rossi, where all of a sudden, all these years, you know, I know he's been slowly dropping off. He's been doing it forever. Now he's just down at the back of the pack every single week, and he's still riding the same bike um, I don't know, but I do, we'll tell you this. I went to Vegas one time and we got in like those supercars and took them around the track and it beats the shit out of you. I could not fucking believe, I felt like I got like slapped around when I got out of the car. Granted, I was also driving like an idiot. Um, I didn't understand how to drive a car around a track where you, I, I thought you just like slammed on the gas, slammed on the throttle, slammed on the brakes, whatever. It's like, no, you want to smoothly go around the track and save the car and the tires. And I was not doing that at all. You just think racetrack, go as fast as you can. And uh, but whatever. Well, I only went around like, I think, three times. And by the third lap, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm ready to go, you know, get back in the crowd and drive home the speed limit. Um, so anyways, another just amazing race, MotoGP. I know I haven't been talking about it much this year. I've just been so super busy. And I try to watch them online as much as I can. Look at me, I'm fucking yawning here. All right, let's. Keep, for those of you still awake after this fucking yawning here, man, I'm sorry. Um, all right, here's something to wake you up. Uh, we got a new thing here with BetMGM. Me and Paul Verzi are uh, going head-to-head gambling on football games, NFL football this year. So uh, we actually have a clip. Uh, instead of the music here, transition into the bonus half hour of a... Uh, 
the previous Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, we're actually going to play a, a clip from uh, the Anything Better podcast uh, of me and Verzi doing our picks for this week, NFL football, to get yourselves caught up. The first week, Paul Verzi went one and three, picking four games. I went two and two. So neither one of us is setting the world on fire. But Paul Verzi was still very proud of his Pittsburgh pick against Buffalo, which is classic him. He literally shits the bed three times. One time he makes it to the toilet bowl and he wants a cookie. Um, it's just how he's wired. Um, anyway, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Enjoy the uh, gambling clip. Before we get into week two, everybody was jumping on me, losing or winning, or we'll get into that. But, guys, BetMGM, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code BURR. Doesn't get easier. Four letters and two of them are the same. B-U-R-R. And you'll get $200 free after placing your first $10 bet as long as Tom Brady completes a pass. Okay? I mean, they're, they're just giving it to you. They're giving you this money to jumpstart your season. Uh, Who does here's that? How, here's how it works. Download BetMGM app and sign up using a bonus code BURR. Place your first $10 Moneyline bet on the Bucks to win. You'll receive $200 in free bets as long as Tom Brady completes a pass, regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure you use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R, when you sign up. Uh, here we go. Let's get into our week one recap. And again, here he is, the two-time Jimmy the Greek champion, gets out of the gate to an early lead. I loved, by the way, I want to apologize to everybody who uh, came at me and said, Verzi, you told me bet the farm on Aaron Rodgers. You know what? Guilty. I'm not doing it anymore. Every time I say Aaron Rodgers is going to do, they got fucking blown out. All right, thank God. Uh, it, I lost the Ravens. I won the Steelers and my New York football Dude, I, the Ravens, I, I saw the first half of that, which, no, by the way, how great is it to see the fucking Raiders finally have a stadium yeah. worthy of what they've achieved, although they've kind of stunk for 40 years. But, like, you know, not after 40 years. They went to a Super Bowl, but, like, you know. Yeah, no, they, they, I mean. They played an old-ass Oakland Coliseum, and then they played an old-ass fucking Memorial Coliseum back to their old digs i feel like they finally found love you know they got the perfect <laughs> woman they're out there in vegas it looked amazing i still wish they were still in oakland personally just for i still wish the colts were in baltimore those fans came out man those were raider they, they, fans oh, dude, they got a triangle now they yeah. got fans coming from la oakland and then all the lunatics in in, in uh in uh las vegas dude i gotta tell you something vegas those Vegas night fans are fucking insane. I, I'm guaranteed. Like, I don't think that they're going to get a baseball team because... I heard they were. I heard it's in the works. Oh, jeez. How, how much hotter does it have to get, Paul, before we start building stadiums? Yeah, I heard... You know, I mean, what are we doing? More, more natural raw fucking materials? What? For what? Well, I don't know, but I don't 140 know 140 degrees out. Thank God they can close the roof. We can crank the AC and <laughs> fill up another fucking ballpark with an artificial fucking atmosphere. Stupid. I'm against all of that shit, dude. I think that if you're not willing to sit outside in the elements, that includes basketball and hockey. 
I think they should play in the winter, Paul. I think at some point, the generation, some generation has to step up and pay the fucking check for what we've done to the environment. And you're just going to have to sit there and take it. And we're going to have to go back, dude, like caveman days, only living for about 30 years. Like in Ben Franklin's day, right? He was a caveman, wasn't he? He was a fucking animal. I know that. Flying kites in the rain, drinking (laughs) beer, banging broads. There's a guy. You want to talk about a guy that stayed at the party too long? Ben Franklin. Kept his hair long, still had that dumbass hat. It's like, they all know you're bald, Ben. <laughs> um, I'll give you all that, except you can't play basketball outside. I'm you fucking can't. with you. No, but listen. I know, I know. I mean, Jesus Christ, you can't outside. even look at a star in the league. It's a foul. You're going to make him play outside? <laughs> They'll flop because of wind. Nobody yeah. hit him. Um, I just wish the Lakers could sign a couple more people. You know? Uh, yeah, it's, I'm just yeah. worried, dude. I'm worried for them. Yeah, um, yeah, because four, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's like four Hall of Famers, but, um, you know, four you Hall of Famers does not make a Lakers basketball team. No, it has to be five Hall of Famers from other people's teams. All right, let's get into the uh, the the. Um, well, you went two and two, Bill, and I went one and three. So you're well, off. Let's to- talk about the games here tell you what i had a good pick though you want to know my good pick was taking the pittsburgh steelers on the road getting six and a half that was i went i went your route on that one because you oh, know Jesus. I, you sound like a fucking political talk show host you fucking what? read the tea leave wrong take it no i want it i'm saying but i'm just saying but you lost three yeah i know that's what i'm you saying told everybody to bet the farm on green bay now we gotta sit here watching you stroking your dick about the pittsburgh thing paul pittsburgh thing was my was my pick you went one win. for four no, I went one for three. One, one and three. Oh, one, one for four. One for four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One and three. One, yeah. one and three. Am I talking shit about two and two? You win some, you lose some? You're 500. I did what a housewife could do. I flipped the coin. And here you are stroking your dick about the Pittsburgh fucking Steelers, who were widely considered a favorite. No, no. They weren't. They weren't considered a In favorite. In the AFC, they are a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, they are. I don't know about that. No. The favorite to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC is the Chiefs and the Bills. And Pittsburgh. Andrew, you got that? But you're right. I went one and three. One and three. I'll take my medicine. It's my you're only not win. taking your medicine. You were sitting there going, I got to tell you. I lost this. I lost that. And I lost that. But I got to tell you, that Pittsburgh, <laughs> I was on point. It's the only thing well, I got. Well, you're at the foul line. You hit one out of four shots. You gonna sit True. there and talk shit about it? It was a swish. It was a nice. <laughs> it was a nice swish. Oh no. God, dude, it's a fucking disease. I uh, <laughs> I made mistakes. Yeah, I bet with my heart in the New England Patriots, not knowing what they were. I got my hats off to the Miami Dolphins. Is yeah. they forced three fumbles. Giving them the credit, Paul. I'm not going to say we fumbled three times. They were good hits. They knocked the ball loose. We were in the red zone in the end. Probably would have kicked a field goal. I still would have lost. But if you scored a touchdown, maybe I could have won. But, like, they came up, Paul. They needed to make a play. They made a fucking play. And we lost. The Jets lost. And the Dolphins lost. I mean, sorry, the, the Bills lost. Giving the Dolphins, after the first week, sole possession of first place. It's theirs to lose, Paul. No, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's writing the Giants off because the Giants' performance was fucking abysmal. It was hard to watch. 
Saquon Barkley didn't do much. You could tell. I think I could tell he usually likes to run on the outside and get the edge. He it seemed like he wasn't doing that. Uh, Daniel Jones fumbled the ball again, scrambling because he didn't slide feet first. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, all I know is this. You can't write a team off after week one. I always say it's week five is when you know who a team is. But the New York Giants look bad. They look bad. It was tough to watch. They should win that game at home with the moves they made. Teddy Bridgewater looked like fucking Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was, it was our defensive backs looked horrible. It was really, dude, it was tough to watch, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, the game wasn't even over yet, and people are like, oh, just go to the Browns-Chiefs game. It's a better game. And, like, when you do that with your own team, week one, fucking brutal. I'm hoping something changes. Dude, they're talking about firing the oh, fucking uh, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett already. I mean, you know, it's brutal. So, All I'm right. done. I watched that KC-Browns game. Yeah. The Browns were up big on him. KC came back, chopped him down in the second half, came back and won. Now, I actually think that that's good for the Browns. Because if they play the KC again, it's going to be in the playoffs. They've just lost to him twice. And you learn things in losses. And both times, they lost close games. I mean... The last time they played, they actually knocked Patrick Mahomes out of the fucking game. And they still couldn't make it happen. So this thing, Patrick Mahomes rested up first game of the year. I feel like they played on the, the full-on Chiefs. And they just, I don't know, they just they couldn't put him to bed. But I got I got to know, man. I don't know. They play him a third time, Paul. Here's my question. All right? Is if... They beat Kansas City in the playoffs. Does Colin Cowherd finally give it up that he was wrong about Baker Mayfield? Because he Baker Mayfield has got that team like that's one of my favorite little 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 dramas in, in like sports writer versus athlete or whatever whatever sports broadcaster because he has been doubling down, Paul. Like the you answer, reminds me of you. Hey, but I got that Pittsburgh thing. The answer is no. And here's why the so? answer no. Colin Cowherd will only give Baker Mayfield credit if he wins a Super Bowl. Because Colin Cowherd, if, if Baker Mayfield goes to AFC Championship game and loses, he's going to say, but he couldn't get to the – a, a guy like Cowherd – You don't think that he – because my thing is, like, this guy is already proven. Who fucking – who leads the Browns to the playoffs in 30-something? Nobody. You got to go yeah, back yeah. to fucking Bernie Kosar. Yeah. Well, Don Cricky on the mic. I don't think Cowherd's got the makeup to give credit. Until I think he does. That's the episode I want to see. All right. He All sits right. there, lowers his desk, and says, Baker, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Because um, I got to be honest with you, when, I, when he was trashing him, I thought it was fucked up that he was trashing him, but I'm also thinking, like, he's going to Cleveland. I mean, First round draft picks go to Cleveland to die. <laughs> you go to Detroit to die. Matthew Stafford broke that curse, and he looked great with the Rams last week. He, he looked, but like Baker's got like that. Nick Nick Chubb kid is good, and they got who else? Oh, no, they got a great team. Nate no, Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb. Um, no, it's Nate. No, it's Nick. It's Nate. 
It's Nick. It's Nate. Themless, what's his name? It's Nick. It's Nick. Fuck! You put money on that. <laughs> you doubled down like Cowherd. I still think it's Nate. No, no, no. If I was Cowherd, I would say, I'm still right. <laughs> yeah, well, he plays like a Nate. Um, um, Baker Mayfield. Actually, not trashing Cowherd, by the way. I used to think Baker Mayfield was, was might be too small, and he, he definitely proved that wrong because he's not too small, and he's got a nice he's got a nice makeup. But um, can't you look at it a flip side though? Can you look at it like the Chiefs were down big and then figured something out? So if they play him again, they won't get down like that again. Um, no, no, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely it's still like the Browns have something to prove here, but like yeah, they're. Uh, they made unbelievable strides last year. This is the first game of the year. Yeah. Okay. And I just feel like, you know, I think it's almost a good thing that they had him and they let him off the hook because I think they're going to be mad at themselves. And I think that that's the kind of loss that you really, a coach can really use as yeah. Motivation. motivation. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I don't know, because, you know, the, they lost in the playoffs last year, but like I said, like, you know, Mahomes was out for part of that game. This was the game, like, he was in the whole game, fresh from the offseason, and they, they still, you know, gave him a hell of a run. So, I don't I, I don't know. I got family out there from back in the day, so I am a Browns fan. So, take that all with a grain of salt. Um, Arizona won. I didn't see a second of that game. I watched some of the Seattle game. Um, that was a uh, – that was a – that was a – an easy win for me there but uh fucking kc man <clears throat> they got down on one drive i thought they were they were going to come down you know you just you're just sitting there looking like you know i have a chance to go four and oh and then just two drives it's like fuck i'm two and two it sucks because at 130 my time i'm going oh dude i'm going three and one four and oh and then all of a sudden halftime and you're like and then i'm going the giants dude the giants are home we're gonna turn this around um i was actually like I'm well concerned. you are like you are an optimist optimist oh, I, am. I am dude I am. we were at penn state and we, we we were given 22 points to ball state and Penn State gets the ball. Well, for the uh, Ball State goes three and out. Penn State gets the ball, goes right down the field, scores seven nothing. You're like, oh, it's over, it's over. Cash it in, cash it in. The bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. I'm like, Paul, there's a long, fucking way to go. Let's do the. Uh, let's do the fucking. Um, you know what? I got to pick first last week, so you got the first pick, Bill. All right. Let me see if I like anything here. Do there's I a couple. like? Oh, there's a couple gimmies. There's a couple gimmies. Ah, Jesus. Paul, how many times do you got to get your ass kicked by fucking Vegas before you realize there's no such... Guys, seriously, on this one, bet the farm. <laughs> on this one. On this one. I sound Paul like... Paul Jersey, uh, who's never lived on a farm, has no idea how many acres he's giving away. I'll tell you what game yeah. I love. Yeah. Just that they're playing each other. Yeah. It's the Steelers versus the Raiders. What a rivalry that was, Paul, in the 1970s. I, 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 I came into it when both teams were old in the late 70s. But that, uh, from 74 to 77, it was, it was one of the best rivalries. That, the Steelers and the Cowboys, was incredible. Um, all right, I like a couple of these games here. 
What do you got? Which one? I'm going to take. Uh... How do I know who's the home team here, Andrew? Who's ever second? Oh. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, you know what? I like the Bills. Given three and a half in Miami. I think Miami was when I, I saw them. I watched Miami a little bit. I watched the Jets a little bit. And obviously I saw the Patriots because they played Miami. And then I watched some of that Bills-Pittsburgh game. And I just thought the Bills, even in losing, looked like they were a lot deeper team. I like that bet. I like that bet. I don't say that about my bet, Paul. <laughs> uh, you fucking jinx. <laughs> All right, here we go. I I'm gonna take man. Oof, I'm, you getting these right, Andrew? Oh man, the Bengals and Bears is interesting to me. Hold on. I don't know if I'm going to go there yet. Um, I like that game too, Paul. Who, who are you thinking? You telling I'm me thinking, Joe Burrow's not going to come in there and light him up? I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Bengals, but I think not, the I'm Bears gonna, will shut him down. I'm actually going to do a Patriots Jets bet. Paul, one year, can you just say the Bengals? The Paul, Bengals. the Bengals were it was an all-girl group. The Bengals is the football team. I'm taking the New York Jets getting six at home against the Patriots. Bill froze. I'm taking the New no, York. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I was trying to think why the fuck anybody would ever bet the New York fucking Jets. Crazy. That is so bizarre a fucking pick, Paul. As I'm still freezing? Who's freezing? It's Hello? Just like, you're, you're, you're all right. Am I back? Well, I, I was also not speaking because I was so shocked that anybody would ever put money on the Jets, especially in week two. Paul, I got to tell you something, Paul. I like you to win it this year. The Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because you've, you're switching up your game here. This is like when all of a sudden Jordan started passing and Chuck Daly had to loosen his tie. Like, what's going on here? When does Paul Versey ever take an underdog? I know. When does Paul Versey bet on the Jets? I, I mean, know. that is such a – that is so, like, it's a never, I don't do a fucking character. I've never, might have never done the, it before. Yeah, considering the Pats almost won last week, you got Belichick. That is so out of your fucking wheelhouse that you do. I almost feel like you know something. <laughs> no, I just, you know, they're coming home, new quarterback. Oh, I they, swear to God, if you know the fix is in and you got something, you got to fucking let I me would know. Nev I would never do fun. that, man. I'm Sicilian. I wouldn't do that to a friend. It's not. Yeah, but whoever told you would tell you to keep your mouth shut and you would. I wouldn't do that. Um. All right. I am going to take I, I hate this because I'm going two favorites. Two favorites. I am gonna bet against the Colts again. I'm dancing with who brung me, betting betting against the Colts in both weeks. I'm taking the Rams given four. I hate that fucking number. Given four. All right. I yeah. thought the Colts, I know you can't judge somebody after one week. 
but I just felt they got fucking trampled because, you know, Seattle has those weapons and they have a great coach, obviously, in Pete Carroll. Woo! Pete Carroll, right? Sneaky Pete. The fucking Rams have a great coach. They got a great quarterback. He's excited to be there. I feel like the Colts are in fucking limbo. They still haven't recovered for Andrew Luck leaving. I'm taking the fucking Rams, giving four. By the way, Paul, how soon before you start shitting on the head coach of the uh, of the Rams, whoever he is? Uh, oh, oh, Sean McVay? Yeah, before you start going, dude, he's like Brad Stevens. Enough with the big baba boob. Uh, you started shitting on Brad Stevens. It's the whole fucking league is, you know, it's turned into like two pylon teams. Nobody's winning it. I don't know if I ever, sh- I don't think it's fair to say I shit on Brad Stevens. I didn't shit on him. If you, you absolutely to- shit on him, you disrespect no. him. You no. said he was overrated and you ignored the fact no. that the, during his time, the Golden State Warriors fucking bought Kevin Durant after they were already winning a championship. Never called him. You could look. I never called him overrated. I said he's got to do. I said it's something needs to happen soon. I never called him underrated. I never shit on. That is such a fucking New York sports fan, East Coast sports fan. Something needs to happen soon. Oh, what, Paul? You're going to step in and show him how it's done? Well, he's not even there anymore. Yeah, he is. But he's He's still with the Celtics. He went upstairs, Paul. He's moving up like George Jefferson. My second pick is going to be my farm pick. You ready for this something one? soon with your dumb fucking t-shirt and your chain hanging out? <laughs> the right now, he better do something too. What well, you Paul, said? You're I not, you're not, you're not going to fucking eat wings. No, you said no. I don't eat wings. No, I'm not, not talking eat. about Brad Steen like he, he fucking works for you. You said I said he was overrated. I never did. I never did. Paul, I, I'm going to throw a fucking drink in your face on my own laptop if you don't fucking. <laughs> Love that. Listen, I'm just trying to buy time here because I don't know who I don't know who's shot. I don't know who's not. I am gonna do something that that is my theory. You know my theory, Bill. It's my homecoming theory. I am taking the Cleveland Browns laying 12 and a half against the Texans because the Cleveland Browns are gonna come home after that heartbreaker and they are gonna shit on them, dude. This is gonna be, listen to me right now. This is going to be like 34 to 15 game. Okay. <laughs> I love that you look down. Why did you look down? When did where did you just pull you? You're like, this is gonna be a 34 to 15 game. You had to, to check the spread to make sure you'd still win. You're giving so many points. 12 and a half points. I like the Cleveland Browns to come home and absolutely shit on shit the on them. Shit on them. That's my well, I'll tell you why I kind of like that bet. And why I don't. <laughs> well, it's less than two touchdowns. It's not like it's 20 points. All not right. Deshaun Watson isn't playing. Right. He's got the massage parlor shit going on. So he's not in the fucking game. They're reeling. Who do they have for quarterback? They but they put they won last week, didn't they? They uh I don't I, I we didn't take those games. I don't know if they I don't I don't even remember. They won? Oh Jesus Paul. We yeah, we're, 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 we're in, they beat the Packers. No, 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 the Saints did. The Saints beat. murdered the Packers. Yeah, no, no, no. it was uh, last week. Uh... The Saints murdered the Packers for real. Um, well, where's that Monday night game here? They're playing Monday night. Where's that Monday night game? Jaguars. Texans beat the Jaguars 37-21. Yeah. They beat a rookie quarterback. 
and who the rookie quarterback got three touchdowns first game in the NFL ever. And they were beating them bad. And then the Jaguars started to play decent Texans are not going to go into Cleveland and win that game. But I think the, but you're not betting the money line here. You're betting the spread 12 and a half. Love it. Woo. Paul Verzi loves to predict a bloodbath. <laughs> that I do. That I do. Paul, the day you take Vegas for a ton of money, you either got to get the gold bracelet or you got to get a, something to hang off your chain that says bloodbath. It's got to be in diamonds. What, uh, what do you, well, I mean, the amount of, I'm telling you, with your personality, if you moved out to Vegas and you, your, your bloodbath pick of the week, you got to have the bloodbath pick of the week. Is this it? It's got to be the Cleveland Browns. I, yeah, I called it the farm pick because I always say big, but the blood, <laughs> the bloodbath of the week, the bloodbath, bloodbath of the week is the Cleveland Browns. Um, all right. You know, here's a game that just sort of jumped out at me for no fucking reason. You got the, the the New Orleans Saints coming off kicking the shit out of the Green Bay Packers. By the way, what is the Packers spread? The Monday night game. I don't have it in front of me. You tell me Aaron Rodgers isn't going to come back with something to prove. He is. He is. And when I heard his press conference afterwards, and oh, he is. Minus ten and a half. Lions are getting ten and a half. Lions are getting 10 and a half. How did Jared Goff do with the Lions last week? No Not good. No bueno. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like double-digit spreads. I'm staying away from that game. But here's my thing. The New Orleans Saints, all right, kicked the shit out of the, out of the, uh, the Packers last week. They're going in with the Panthers. They got, uh, they, got, they got Sam Denard. What's his name? They got the Jets castaway quarterback. Oh, Sam Darnold, yes. Sam Darnold, there it is. I love the Saints. I think they're fucking... I love their coach. I love their positional players. Who's that running back they got? Who's that guy? Um, oh, Kamara. He's nasty. Yes. Jameson's coming back. Jamison looked good. The Saints defense looked good, looked good. Yeah. And he had a decent run there with Tampa before Tom Brady came to town and then they shipped him out. I just think he's a way better quarterback than Sam Darnold. I think they have a better coach. I think they got better. I'm, I'm giving three and a half in the fucking Panthers. Have there I picked a dog yet? I'm not getting any points. All right. Dude. I got the Bills. Who do I got? I got the Bills. I got the Saints. And who else did I run my yap about? Rams. The Rams. I'm taking all favorites, Paul. Paul, this is your year. All right, guys, you ready? I'm taking the New York football giants, getting three and a half. Listen, 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 listen to me. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. I heard you. I heard you out. Uh, the Washington football team starting quarterback is out. Fitzpatrick is out. They got this guy Hinsky coming in. Okay. I like that. I I didn't know that. I like that. Giants got humiliated in the New York press. Okay. Saquon had the look on his face. The coach looked mad. The defense got embarrassed by Teddy Bridgewater. The Giants are going into Washington. It's not across the country. It's not a far trip. It's a little hop, skip, and a jump. It's about an hour, 15-minute flight. Wheels up, the wheels down. 
Okay, you're going to go in there pissed off, and uh, I think they're going to go in there, although they do have Chase Young, a good defender. New York football giants are going to get in three and a half. So I'm taking points. If it was if it was minus three and a half, I wouldn't. Giving them three and a half, they could lose. Oh, the they're game. getting three and a half. I thought getting, that they were favorite. No, uh, they they're, were get, they're getting three and a half after an embarrassing thing, and they're going against a second-string quarterback. I'm taking my New York football giants, not based on my heart, based on those facts. All right, I'm shaking my head and I put my hands on my head because you're betting with your heart, like I did on my Patriots last week. I wanted the Mac Jones era to kick off with the big fucking win. And uh, I do, you know, some what I do like about it, Paul? I feel like division rivalry games are always close. They see yes. each other twice a year, every fucking year. They know what they do. Um, Washington just has a history of just letting their fan base down. Giants have a history of starting slow. But that year is over. That, that era, the Eli era is starting slow is over. Um, I almost feel like I have to take a dog here. Tell you right, what the what the fuck are the Eagles only getting three and a half at home? I thought that they stunk up the joint. No, they did. Yeah, they did. Jalen Hurts, all right. They won last week. They looked pretty good they last did. week. They did. Okay. Everybody was saying that they were gonna suck. They were gonna stick. All right. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, Bill loves a dog. Make Gibbons. no mistake about that. Bill I loves. love a dog. I, but I can't find one this week that I like. Oh, Paul, it's slim pickings now. It is slim pickings. I don't know anything about the Bears' defense. I keep going back to that Bengals game. I love that. that, I hate that Browns-Houston game. You motherfucker. Bills, Dolphins. Andrew, you have to edit some of this out. Jeez, this is just turning into fucking two degenerates talking to their computer screen. Yeah, there's only a couple of dead air. Steelers in Pittsburgh giving five and a half. Why do I only like favorites this week? I'm rubbing off on you. No. You know, <laughs> I just have two kids now and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know why I like the Steelers at home giving five and a half. I just, I, you know what it is? I don't believe in the Raiders. I believe in John Gruden, though. So I don't think this is the Raiders that they were. But wait, they covered last week. What happened in the second half of that game, Paul? Um, Who won, by the way? I only saw the first half. The Raiders. The Steelers? Won. The Raiders won? The Raiders, Raiders won. won. The Raiders won. Yeah, the Raiders won. Oh, I like the Steelers then. Raiders yeah. look good. I think the Raiders, they're going to make their fan base feel like they turned it around. They got John Gruden back. They got this shiny new place to play. They're going to be going all skippy, hoppy, and all over to fucking Pittsburgh. And Ben Roethlisberger, the Wiley veterans, going to come in. And uh, Juju Smith and all of those fucking guys, their defense looked pretty good. Fuck it. I'm taking all favorites this week, Paul. All right. So, Andrew, we have one left, right? I have one left. So, uh, what did I pick so far? I got the Giants. I got the uh, Jets. Who else? And the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. favored Cleveland Browns. Minus 12. All right. So my fourth and final pick. Wow, dude, I took the Jets this year. I mean, um, my fourth and final pick. 
What's the what? <laughs> I always get Dude, it. I hate my picks. I'll tell you right now. You know when you some nights you play pool, you just can't see the angles. The fact that I'm just sitting here being like, yeah, yeah, I like that spread. They're gonna they're gonna do that, and they're gonna do that, and they're gonna do it, and they're gonna do it. It's fucking so stupid. Uh, so stupid. Did Bill pick the Packers or no? No. What's that? What's that game? Ten. That's ten. Um, ten and a half. Division rival, man. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. They cover it. Give the me the Packers. Cover. No, no, no. Packers cover. Wait, pack, Packers are 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 favorites. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm taking a lot of points this week. I'm taking Baker Mayfield's got to get cover 13, and Aaron Rodgers got to cover t- cover 11. So there you go. I got Jets, Giants, Packers, and the Cleveland Brownies. Uh, but Bill, you're off to a, a lead, so I gotta get you. You, Dude, I'm up by one game. I went two and two. You win some, you lose some. Uh, this week I didn't bet with my heart. I stayed away from the Patriots, but I also I just don't like that. I only like the favorites this week. It just to me, if you just like the favorites, that just says you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you watched ESPN for five seconds, looked at the scores. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to be either, to to turn this ship in the right direction paul because unlike you you know i'm not excited about my record the way you were i'm not excited that i went two and two to get this ship going in the right direction paul because right there if you go two and two you still lose money with the vig you know right so i don't i don't know what you were skipping around about paul i have no idea well i'll tell you right now that shit ends today well neither of us did the unforget uh, unforgivable thank god don't drag me into your bullshit. I was close. I was close. <laughs> the unforgivable is uh, 0-4. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I got to uh, either be not as good a father. <laughs> we should, I, Andrew, you know what we should do, Bill? If one of us go, we got to keep the record of unforgivables for the year. So if I get two unforgive unforgivables and he gets two unforgivables, then it's a wash. But if one of us, it's almost like getting a birdie or eagle on a hole. You got to make a little, you got to make a little mark on it. We got to know how many. We I think did. I went four and zero twice, and I went zero and four once. <laughs> you went zero and four two, if not three times, though. I, I kept telling you not to pick favorites. The exact thing that I'm doing this week. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's early in the season. All right, guys, bet MGM. If you haven't signed up for bet MGM yet, use bonus code Burr, B-U-R-R. You'll get $200 free after placing your first $10 bet. As long as Tom Brady completes a pass, it's as simple as that. Here's how it works. You download the bet MGM app and sign up using bonus code uh, B-U-R-R, Burr. First, uh, place your first $10 bet on the money line um, for the Bucks to win, okay? So if you uh, place your first $10 money line bet on the Bucks to win, you'll receive $200 in free bets as long as Tom Brady completes a pass. Regardless of the outcome of your bet, just make sure you use promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, when you sign up. The disclaimer is right here.
Hey guys, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager Arizona, Colorado, DC, Iowa, Indianapolis, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly guys. Gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Colorado, DC, Nevada, Wyoming, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For a confidential help, Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. Call or text the Tennessee red line, 800-889-9789, Tennessee, or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, guys. There you go. Bet responsibly. Uh, by the way, Paul's shooting a special this Saturday, this weekend at Levity Live. If you're in New York and you want to go see it. Um, all right, that's it. Listen to our picks. Um once again, thank you to everybody that came out here in Kansas City. I apologize for being so um, so uh, tired here. And uh, once again, rest in peace to the great Norm MacDonald. Um, just truly, one of, without a doubt, one of the greatest stand-up comedians I ever saw in my life. And um, just such a great guy. And it's just so sad that he won't be around anymore. But... I am also, I actually got off the plane in a better mood from just watching literally the beauty of who he was and his work. When I got off the plane, I was actually like, I don't know, there's something about him. I just thought he understood life. Um, just a really warm guy. Uh, God damn it. It's always those guys that go. So there's your lesson. Don't be nice. You'll live forever. All right. I'll talk to you. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, September 16th, 2013. I hope this doesn't sound weird. I don't know what happened. I think my dog laid down on my mixer. It's sounding weird. It sounded weird to me, man. It's freaking me out, man. Um, how was your weekend? Why do I ask questions that you can't answer? Like I'm talking to a listener on the phone. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm laying here by myself, as always, excited to be back home. Um, for those of you who have lives, for those of you who uh, just happen to, I don't know, end up on this podcast, welcome. I do one of these every single week, and uh, I have a website named BillBird.com. And uh, if you like what you hear here and you want to hear my fucking uh, stand-up specials, I have a hard copy version and uh, a $5 downloadable version. Whatever the hell you want to do, it's right there for your takings. All right? There. Hoard myself out early, people. Showing a lot of leg early in the podcast. Um, I don't know where to begin with this weekend. Um, uh, well, you know what? Let's start at the beginning. First of all, just when I think Paul Verzi is a smart man. Just when I think like, no, no, you know what? This guy isn't like, I don't, little, uh, I don't know what the word is. Do you know, yeah, I bet you guys have a lot of people like this. I, I know a number of guys in this business who have these unbelievable like perceptive powers. Like they see somebody, they can read them and, and they, they can figure out situations but, you know, you give them a simple math problem and you just see the look on their face. <laughs> and 
And you, the whole time you're friends with him, you wrestle. You Is this guy a smart guy? Or is he a moron who just guesses really well? Now, I'm fucking with you. I obviously think Paul's a smart guy, but, you know, we all have our moments. Paul Verzi had a moment. Um, but right before we went to Texas, and this is the deal. We're doing El Paso on uh, Thursday night. We're doing San Antonio Friday night. And then Saturday, we're going to the uh, the Alabama and uh, Texas A&M game. And then we're going to get back and we're going to watch the Mayweather fight. That was basically the weekend. That was the plan. That's what was on the books. Okay, El Paso is uh, a make-up date on the Billy Red State Tour, and we added San Antonio. Okay? So one step back, two steps forward. That was the game plan. So me and Verzi are ridiculously excited because we're going to this fucking game, and we're going to drive from El Paso to, to San Antonio. And everybody in Texas is like, you're driving that? Oh, my God. Good luck. That's, you're not going to see anything. There's nothing. It's going to be like driving on the surface of the moon and all this shit. This is what they tell us. So I don't know what somebody told Verzi, but evidently he's watched a couple, two or three things on these Mexican drug cartels. And he was freaking the fuck out. Like he's going, yeah, dude, like, I, I don't know about this, uh, this El Paso. You know, they got like these drug lords down there and blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't know, what are you talking about, Paul? He goes, yeah, man, I... I I just wish we had a gun or something. He kept saying how he wanted to bring a gun. And I was like, Paul, we're not going across the border. I'm not saying it's not a dangerous city. I'm not saying that it's not right next to a really dangerous city. And I'm not saying that something fucked up might not happen. But you're freaking out. And I need you to relax. And he just kept going. No, dude, we should take the tire iron and have that under the car. I mean, under the front seat of the car. Like, for when we, like, this is a guy who lives and works in New York City at night. All right? This is a classic, classic fucking New Yorkers. I'm telling you, they are no different than somebody who grew up in the middle of nowhere and lives on a farm. They're the exact same way. All they know is their world. He's so used to the danger that's familiar in New York City that he doesn't even see it anymore. And he watches one one or two of these fucking hard copy 60-minute things on... uh, you know, people getting their faces peeled back and getting tortured and kidnapped and all that shit down there in Mexico. And all of a sudden he's freaking out. Freaking out about Mexicans as he's driving by the Puerto Rican Day Parade. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Worried that he's going to get robbed when Wall Street is right down the fucking, I don't know, right around the corner from where he lives. Those people have their fingers in your fucking account already. You're worried about some hypothetical shit. All right? Where you live is third and short. El Paso, that's a fucking Hail Mary when it comes to something actually happening. So I am kept going, Paul, will you fucking relax? It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be a part of the country you haven't gone to. And we just kept asking, no, dude, I'm just saying I'm not an idiot. I know I'm from there. And it just kept escalating. And at one part, point, I'm yelling at him on the phone. And I went and I screamed the words drug cartel trying to reason with them. And then I just stopped and you can ask him this. I just said, listen, I just said drug cartel. I'm done with this conversation. I'll see you in El Paso. (laughs) So I fucking hang up. So I get to the fucking airport. I fly out and I'm ridiculously excited to go to El Paso, Texas, and then fucking do this drive down to San Antonio, Texas. All right. That was the game plan. 
And to let you know a left turn's coming, how about a little foreshadowing? Here's a fucking letter, an email I got from some somebody. I don't know where they live, either in New Mexico, I don't know what, or in Texas. This is what it says. Then my heart is like, I can't wait to go here. I can't wait to make up this date. I'll probably do an hour and a half on stage. This is going to be fucking awesome. That was my intention. This is the email I get Monday morning. Thanks for nothing, Bill. I'm done with you. I Twice you've ditched El Paso. And yesterday, he means like uh, the day of the gig. He goes, I wasn't notified until 4.12 p.m. The show was at 8 o'clock. After a five-hour drive to El Paso. Basically, that the show is canceled. He goes, apparently, you think nothing of El Paso. So right now, you got to be sitting at your desk. You got to be sitting in your shop. You got to be sitting at your cubicle. Maybe you're sitting at a bus stop. Maybe you're waiting for that fucking plane to take off, and there's some cunt telling you you have to power down your device, and you don't feel like doing it because you want to know what happens in El Paso. All right, so this is what happens. I fucking... uh, I land in El Paso, and Verzi's already there, and he's meeting me at the terminal. And El Paso is a great fucking airport. It's one of those ones where there's no – am I in Terminal A, Terminal B? The whole fucking thing is in one area. It's like a mom-and-pop airport. Get in, get out. The security's great. It's fucking awesome. I love it. All right? So I land there, and I get off the plane, and there's Verzi. All right? Dressed like he's going to go clean somebody's fucking pool. You know, he's got these fucking – basketball shorts that are hanging down below his knee, right? He didn't have on flip-flop. He had on black socks with these black sneakers. And I think white shorts, mesh shorts that hung down below. He was a fucking, it was, a, he was, already, it was already a shit show. And he's got his T-shirt on and he's sitting there with a backpack, like a book bag, like he's going to c- class or something. And then like some sort of duffel bag. Like he's going to go to the gym in 1977. This is how the man travels. Okay? And he's standing there with like this excited, relieved, and nervous look on his face. He's at the airport and he's fucking nervous about being in El Paso because he's convinced that he's going to get kidnapped by some drug cartel, dragged back to Mexico, and held for ransom. And evidently Obama's going to get on TV and be like, you know, we got to get this, this citizen back. He's done so much for this country. You know, this, this is what he's fucking concerned about. And immediately he starts going like, yeah, dude, dude, you know, I, I was just over there. You see that they, they're selling a bunch of skulls. They're selling like all these skeletons and all these skulls in the, uh, the gift shop. And it's that Mexican holiday, you know, that the Day of the Dead. I don't know when it is, but they celebrate the dead. It's a little weird. But whatever. Santa Claus isn't, you know, some fat fuck coming down your goddamn chimney to give you toys. And if you're a cunt, he puts some sort of fossil fuel. I love that. If you're bad, you get coal. Well, you're still giving me a way to heat the house, you dumb cunt. Why don't you just leave nothing? Just Why don't you just leave a terse letter in my stocking? You ever think about that? Um, it's not Santa Claus. It's Billy Gibbons' grandfather. A lot of people don't know that. But let's continue. Speaking of Texas. So I'm already laughing and I'm just like, Paul, come on, man. It's, it's the day of the dead. And I actually went up and I bought the magnet. Nia's actually into that shit. So I was like, all right, let me uh, let me grab one of these fucking magnet things here. And um, so <laughs> I'm just laughing at him. So now we drive over and it's it's like already starting to rain, which in my in our worlds is no big deal. It wasn't even that bad a rain. 
It was kind of bad, but not that bad, right? So we're driving around. I'm fucking all excited. Just checking out the landscape, the different buildings. And it's a really cool city where, you know, they have some corporate shit. But for the most part, the Starbucks and, and those kinds of things. I don't know. The skyscrapers aren't really fucking with El Paso. Like everything's kind of like at a, you know, like a, no more than like a five-story building. There's a few. But generally speaking, you drive down the street. It looks like one giant main street. There's all these places, right? The lady at the Hertz rental car tells us where to get uh, some good Mexican food. We go there. I forget the name of the shit that we had, but it was unfucking believable It was great. And, of course, we walk into the place, and it's some mom-and-pop kind of place that the locals go to. And we walk in. Everybody turns to look. Verzi immediately thinks he's going to get kidnapped. He goes, dude, did you see that? Everybody's, everybody's looking at us. <laughs> It's like, Paul, that happens in a dive bar where you're from. Will you fucking relax? You're going to get us fucking punched in the face with that fucking look on your face. All right? Jesus Christ. So we sit down. We have an amazing fucking meal. Verzi's starting to relax a little bit, right? And I'm sitting there, and I have in this, this, my, this little FedEx envelope. I have the four tickets to El Paso, uh, to El Paso, to the, uh, the Aggie game, and I got the four cigars we're going to smoke, all right? And, uh, you know, for, for the four people going to the game. And I just keep holding on to that thing. Like, I might as well have had it handcuffed to my wrist. I was so paranoid that I was going to lose the tickets, crush the cigars, and just fuck up the whole weekend. So um, we eat. It's awesome. Then we drive down the main street. And Verzi's just going, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this, right? He's, he's all fucking nervous. And we get to the hotel. It's a fucking hotel. They check us in. Everything's all good. We get up to the rooms, and uh, I call the venue. My T-shirts for the Red State Tour had shown up. Everything's looking like it's going to go good. Then it starts raining a little bit more. But once again, you know, actually, when we were going there, too, there were some streets that were blocked off because of flooding. And I'm like, ah, you know, it's kind of a desert out here, so I guess they don't handle the rain too well. But I wasn't thinking anything. And then all of a sudden, my agent called up along with the promoter, and they said, listen, the first thing they sent me was that it, the venue it got switched, which should have been the first red flag. They said the venue I was supposed to perform at lost power, and they were having a little bit of flooding or something like that. I was like, you know, I'm looking out my hotel window like, really? I had no idea. I, that doesn't seem right. So then they fucking uh, – they said change of venue. It said please wait. Let me confirm that. And I said, all right. So I sat there. And all I'm thinking is people are driving into the fucking show. I don't want to start the show and have half of them go to the wrong theater, the other half go to the right theater. So I say, fuck it, and I tweet it out. I say, uh, the venue's been changed. It's now over here, but blah, 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 blah. Um, about a half hour after that, my agent and the fucking promoter call up, and they say, listen, um, you know, we're now having problems at the, the the other theater, like there might be a power outage. And because of the flooding and roads and all this type of shit, people like maybe half the crowd is going to show up. So I was like, all right, wait a minute. Now, if only half the crowd shows up, does that other half get refunds? And they said no. So what do you want to do? Do you want to do the show or do you want to reschedule it? So at that point, I'm going to fuck over half the people. So I said, no, let's reschedule it. I'll fly back out here. It's only, you know, a couple, two, three-hour flight. 
I'll do it again, and, uh, you know, I'll figure something out. You know, let's reschedule it as soon as we can. So I went on Twitter. I deleted that one, and then I sent the thing. And I knew that there was going to be people like this guy who's fucking pissed. Um, all of that shit happened between 2 and 4 o'clock. So my apologies to the person who's done with me. But, uh, you know, and I said on Twitter, to quote Breaking Bad and – uh Huel slash Lavelle Crawford, who's a fucking phenomenal comedian and actor, uh, was an act of God. There was nothing I could do. What was I supposed to do? You know? Um, so I, I apologized that it didn't happen. And then, you know, me and Verzi went out and got absolutely fucking hammered and spent as much money as we could in El Paso, killing our livers and brain cells. <laughs> I actually, we went to a bar and we, uh, I ran to a couple of people that were supposed to come out to the show and they kind of explained to me that because it doesn't rain out there a lot that the ground's really dry and it can't absorb it and it just kind of flows down right over the top of it. I have no idea because that looked like a above-average rainstorm to me. And um, so whatever. So I am going to reschedule it. Sir, if you are done with me, uh, I understand. But I, it was not my fault. And the first time, I guess it was my fault because I chose... An acting gig in a movie, but um, what the what am I supposed to do? I have to do that. That'd be like, sir, you were going to go to my my fucking show, and all of a sudden the chick you always wanted to bang says, "Hey, you know what? You can hit it, but only tonight." What are you going to say? You're going to come and see my dumb freckled redhead? You're not. So there you go. All right. So that's just the beginning, people, of my Texas trip. My tech, my trip to the great state of fucking Texas. Um, all right. Let me. Uh, Let's knock one of these things out here. People, a little advertising for the week. Dollar Shave Club, everybody. Um, there are so many things in the world that irritate me. Um, raining in El, in El Paso, Texas, that causes the shows to get canceled. This guy walking around telling everybody wherever the hell he lives that I'm a piece of shit and that I don't care about El Paso. I care about it, buddy. Um, when you fly out of a smaller city, so they stick you on a smaller plane, so instead of taking 50 minutes, it now takes the same fucking three hours. So you might as well have just flown out of Dallas. That also irritates me. Um, when so many things can irritate you, why add razors to the list? It's time to stop milking your razor blades, everybody. I know with brand name razors, you're used to paying outrageous prices and exhausting those razors until they start to look like rusty soda cans. Um, it's time to move on. Dollar Shave Club delivers amazing quality blades to your door for just a few bucks a month. Never think about it again. They send a pack every whoops, they send a pack every month. For the love of God, can we fix this copy? I trip up over that every damn week. They send a pack every month so you can change your blades every week. So it's a four pack. I'll give you a new blade every week. I love these guys and your your face will love them too. I don't love that copy though. They've also got a new a new product called One White Charlie's. People, you have to watch this video. It's hilarious. It's a butt wipe for men and it's classy. Check out the video for that and sign up for your razors today. It's basically the poor man's bidet. What it is is it's a it's a it's a baby wipe. One wipe, Charlie, baby. Go to Char uh, go to Charlie. Go to Dollar DollarShaveClub.com forward slash Burr B U R R. That's DollarShaveClub.com forward slash Burr B U R R. Or go to the go to BillBurr.com and click uh, the Dollar Shave Club banner. Okay, Hulu Plus. I'm sure you've tried Hulu.com, everybody, but I want to talk to you about Hulu Plus. 
Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere. Stream it on your TV or go with your smartphone or tablet. Why start in a line? Well, why stand in a line or ride on a train and just stare at your feet? You could be watching your favorite shows on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus is a great way to binge watch your favorite TV shows. Um, it has tons of episodes from great comedies like SNL, Community, Modern Family, South Park, Family Guy, and thousands of other shows. It's only $7.99 a month. That's $7.99 for all the shows and movies you can watch. Catch up on current shows. Binge on old favorites or catch a great movie. You can do it all on Hulu Plus. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for a couple of weeks free on me when you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click the Hulu Plus or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Please make sure you use Hulu, Hulu, HuluPlus.com slash Bill so you can get an extended free trial and so, that, so they know that we sent you. All right, that's it. HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Okay. All right, let's continue on. So, unfortunately, for the second time, the El Paso gig did not happen. Um, I don't know why. I have no idea why. It didn't seem like it was raining that bad. I definitely saw a lot of emergency vehicles. There was definitely a lot of, uh, you know, flashing official lights. I know I had to make, like, three detoured turns because the roads kept getting blocked off, but... uh, I don't know. I'm determined to make this show happen. Maybe the third time will be a fucking job. Um, all right. So anyways, so me and Verzi go out and we watch the uh, the Patriots-Jets game. And he's cracking up because I have the entire Patriots offense and defense and Jets offense and defense written down on two cheat sheets flipping them over and that type of stuff so I know what the hell's going on because I'm obsessed with watching the offensive line this year, you know? And I'm also enjoying watching Brady playing with the level of talent that he has at the wide receiver position and watching him uh, getting frustrated and trying to get those guys all on the same page. And I already saw a huge improvement between uh, the first week and the second week especially from uh, that Tompkins kid. The first week he had a brutal week. I think maybe he had one catch. He bumped into another receiver on like a pick play down by the end zone. And uh, I know I thought he was uh, 100% better. And I know it was a sloppy, ugly game, but I like this shit. I like watching a team rebuild. Like I said, it's a very it's very healthy for the fan base. It's kind of like a forest fire where it's uh, said it's a very – it's very healthy for the fan base. It's kind of like a forest fire where it's uh, it's necessary. It's kind of a horror show. You don't want to see it, but it's necessary, you know. And uh, when a team has to rebuild, what it does is uh, it kind of, it burns off a lot of the bandwagon. Um, I actually got into it with a buddy of mine. He was sitting there saying that Belichick is overrated. And uh, what has he done since 2004 when last time we won? It's like, I don't know, went to two more Super Bowls? for a grand total of seven Super Bowls that he's he's been to. Is that right? Three, five, seven. Yeah, and he's won five out of seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Your problem is, I mean, he went to a Super Bowl two years ago. That's like some New York, Philly, Boston shit where it's like they they get – they're so fucking – I don't know what. So quick to pull the trigger and be like, fuck this – I'm out of here, you know? I mean, a lot of shit happened. 
We lost Welker to free agency. We didn't want to pay him, but we've always done that. That's been our model. We let Ty Law go, Lawyer Malloy, all the way back. We let all those guys go when we felt they wanted too much money and that it was going to affect uh, the overall level of what we wanted to do. Belichick has always, you know, traded his way out of the first round. He's rather get a second-round guy. We could have had Des Bryant. He goes, I don't want to get that fucking guy. I'll, you know, he doesn't like that flash type shit. He just doesn't. And it's when you want too much money, he lets you go. He's been doing that forever, and it's worked. So I'm not questioning the guy. And uh, I'm going to enjoy watching them try and, uh, you know, win some games this year in the very, what looks to be very weak AFC East. Um, I'm going to say some really obvious shit this week about football. Uh, I watched the Broncos-Giants Yesterday, taped that game, and uh, Broncos are obviously the team to beat. Um, I didn't know they had Holiday, too, being an LSU fan. I was trying to keep an eye on him when he went to the Texans. He just was so exciting to watch when he played for LSU. I didn't get to see him too much. Um, I know he took back a kickoff and a punt in a playoff game last year, but now the Broncos have him. He took one back. So now their special teams are a threat. they got a great defense. Their offensive line is ridiculous. they got that dude... uh, the hell's his name there? Uh, no, Sean Moreno. And Peyton looks better than he ever did. So, obviously, that's the team to beat. Uh, you know, the usual powerhouse teams, the Patriots, Steelers, and them, they're not looking too good. Somebody, for the love of God, figure out the fucking San Diego Chargers for me. Jesus Christ. Those fucking guys. What they're doing to their fan base. If I hadn't been down to a game and had such an awful time, I would actually feel bad. I actually still do. I feel bad for most of the people because I'm sure I, most of the people were cool. It's just a cunt sitting behind me. Um, but anyways, but I got to tell you, even after watching the Broncos handle their business with the uh, the Giants, I have to tell you, watching Seattle and the 49ers, was, it, was, it was a whole other level of uh, professional football. And, um, and even though Seattle really – manhandled, not manhandled, but really handled the 49ers. Um, I've just watched enough football to realize it's only September and that doesn't mean shit. It's definitely a good thing. You won the game, but that by no means basically says, well, you'll definitely beat them again and then you'll beat them again if you have to win and uh, if you got to play in January. It's probably going to go back and forth. But uh, I got to tell you, that dude Richard Sherman, not only is a fucking phenomenal player, but he, that guy's fucking hilarious. Um. Somehow I missed last year when he yelled at Brady. I missed that. You know what it is? I don't watch pregame and postgame analysis. I just can't sit there and watch about people talking about people getting it done and not getting it done and what people have to do that day. It's like, I don't know. I, I That shit drives me. Well, you know, you know what I really like? I like when they cut to that guy who knows the rules and he can break down what the fuck just happened. I like that stuff. And I like listening to former players tell stories, but like analysis of what just happened or what's going on. So I usually just shut the thing off. Um, and so whatever, I, I saw the Brady thing, and then I watched that thing where he came at Skip Bayless. <laughs> he said, I'm better at you in life. Instead, I'm the top whatever in my field, and I would not put you in that level in broadcasting. And I just thought it was hilarious. And um, 
I don't know. I thought he could have hit him even harder. You know what he should have said at some point? Richard Sherman should have said to Skip Bayless when Skip was disagreeing with uh, with with you know Sherman that he was one of the I guess top guys in the league. Whatever the hell the argument was, what he should have said to him was he should have said, "Yeah, what do I know? What do I know? I just play for a real professional football team. I don't play in a fantasy football team." I just do this for a living. I play football for a living. You watch it. Yeah, why would I know? Why would I know better than you? Please, you. You sit there with your brand new knees and shoulders that have never been fucked up in your brain that's never been concussed because you never played a contact sport, you badminton-playing jackass with your fucking game show host hair. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me who the best fucking cornerbacks are in the league? If he, if he went that way, uh, I already love what he did. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, he was funny. He went up, he pat his old coach on the ass after he beat him. I think, that sh- I think that's really funny, um, especially if you get the job done. But if you are going to run your mouth, he better hang out on the field if they lose. Which, but like I said, I don't know much about him. But uh, Seattle looks fucking – they look amazing. And uh, I, I was laughing my ass off when I saw Pete Carroll doing the woo. <laughs> He's got more of an edge to him, though. He used to just look like he was Robert Young on Father Knows Best to bring out a fucking reference from 60 years ago. He used to look wholesome. I don't know what happened to him at USC. I know some dirt went down, you know. And uh, do you guys see the cover of, of – this is why I don't fault Pete Carroll. Did you guys see the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated this week talking about all the stuff that happened at OSU? And all the filth and the sex and the scandals and the, the boosters and all that type of shit. Um, I think at this point, Sports Illustrated has done a cover story about probably half the football programs. They write that article every fucking year and a half, two years about some sort of scandal about either football, basketball, whatever sport that's going on. And they act like it's shocking. Um, here's the deal. Okay, if it wasn't for these football and basketball programs and the money that they generate, most people's fucking campuses would look like El Paso, Texas. <laughs> I'm fucking with the El Paso, but you know what I mean. They'd look like a like there would be nothing there. The the sports programs build all the dormitories. I, in that article I read, the Pac-12 signed a $3 billion TV contract. And these kids are going out there, you know, doing lifetime damage to their bodies for no fucking money. For no money. Um, I know a lot of people go, what do you mean no money? They get free education. It's a joke. The, let's say they had time to fucking go to school. Okay, let's just say they had time to do. Let's just say that the schools also only drafted people who could actually, you know, uh, uh, only signed people who could actually handle the the school workload. You know what I mean? They didn't get somebody who flunked everything in fucking high school and found a fucking loophole and then stuck them in the basket weaving class. Let's say they actually fucking tried to educate them. You don't have time. With that, I don't know. I don't think you do anyways. I'm going to skip Bayless here. I never fucking played. And then secondly, if you get hurt, they take away your fucking scholarships. And they're not trying to educate you. And even if they do fucking educate you, the amount of fucking money generated versus what it costs to stick you in a fucking dorm 
is a joke. It's a fucking joke. So I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if you pay him, but I understand why those boosters come around and give the money. I get it. It's fucking ridiculous. Look, if I go to some fucking strip mall and I give a great show and I sell a bunch of tickets, like I get compensated. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't. And these guys play in front of an entire stadium. Entire fucking stadium sold out nationally televised fucking games and they don't get any. They get like a fifteen dollar like stipend. $15. I mean, I guess you could feed you and two other teammates if you went to McDonald's. I don't know what. But anyways, I'm just saying it's it's a filthy fucking business. So uh, I don't need Sports Illustrated to expose what you already know that's going on. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's the same story they've been doing forever. And then they get some hot girls there and they fucking bang the recruits so they feel like, wow, I'm going to be a rock star here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're doing... What they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> they're trying to make money. And that's how the game's played. All right. So anyways, uh, so the El Paso gig gets rained out. And uh, I was anticipating way more emails like that. So uh, people of El Paso, you're very understanding. And the person who's pissed at me, I get why you're mad at me. Uh, but I, I can't handle the, the, the weather or the topography is, not, is beyond my control. All right, so I'm going to reschedule it, and, uh, you know, if you don't show up, I understand why. Yeah, you know, go fuck yourself. It fucking rained, and they, they canceled it. I didn't, you know? Jeez, I'm done apologizing. All right, um, so next day, we wake up in the morning, and uh, we're going to go drive to uh, from El Paso to San Antonio, Texas, and everybody is telling us that, you know, like they said, there's, you know, there's nothing out there. It's going to be like driving. They're like laughing at me that I'm going to do it because it's like a seven-hour drive, eight-hour drive or whatever. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most beautiful drives I've ever gone on in my life. Verzi's freaking out. Like <laughs> he was worried that between El Paso and San Antonio, somehow we were going to get abducted driving. The speed limit's 80 miles an hour. So I'm doing like 87, 88. Got the cruise control set. We're fucking flying. I don't know what he thinks. Somebody's going to jump off, you know, down a highway. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. And if you saw what was on either side of us, anybody who comes at us is going to be like hallucinating from lack of, of water. It looked like a spaghetti western out there. It was absolutely fucking gorgeous. If you... Ride a motorcycle? That would be a great one to go. I would definitely wait till it wasn't so fucking hot out. Um, I'm telling you, plat we saw fucking everything. We saw, we saw vultures on the side of the road. The real ones. The ones with the hellboy heads. That fucking all red head and, and the fucking those black feathers just picking apart this carcass. It was fucking, it was unbelievable. Absolutely gorgeous. It made you want to ride a horse. It was one of the great drives I've ever had. Um, so underrated. El Paso, Texas, and then driving to San Antonio, Texas. It was a fucking great time. Um, and people saying that there's, I guess, nothing out there to see basically means you can't go to a Subway sandwich. There's no mall. There's no outlets. There's no movie theater. 
That classic shit. Well, when I go out there, I can't see what I can already see here. Therefore, they ain't got nothing out there for me to see. I shouldn't have done that in a southern accent because they appreciate the outdoors, those southerners. Hell, half of them live in the outdoors, don't they? Hey, it is a stereotype. Sorry. Um, so Verzi, it, now Verzi is enjoying, he's enjoying, uh, he's starting to enjoy Texas. I'm going, look at this, Paul. Every fucking twist and turn, every going up and down the hill. Look at this valley. Look at that. Look at that plateau. Look at that. I don't know. Look at those rocks. Look, just shit we're not going to see. Um, and meanwhile, our buddy who's going to the game, He'd already arrived in San Antonio, and he thought we were driving. So he's like, dude, I'm already at the hotel bar. Where are you guys? So rather than text him back, we made him this fucking uh, this video that we actually we did, with two, we did it with two iPhones. We used the music on my iPhone, and I ran it through the radio. And then Verzi filmed it, and we did it in uh, – I think it was two takes. The first take, the music was too loud, and then the second take was the one that we actually used. And uh, he fucking laughed his balls off. It's basically, it's a video from us to our buddy who's sitting in San Antonio, letting him know that we're driving and we're on our way. So uh, definitely check that out. That'll be up on the um, the podcast page, billbird.com. Check it out now. What am I saying? It's going to be up. It'll be up by the time you're listening to this, hopefully. Um, so anyways, we're driving. And as far as finding places to stop, it's definitely slim pickings. So we ended up... Uh, we stopped at uh, this McDonald's. We had to get gas, and we just stopped at a fucking McDonald's. There was nothing else out there, any port in a storm. So we go in there. We walk in, and McDonald's is something. You know what I love about McDonald's? You know you shouldn't be eating it, so you always avoid it. But when you finally give in that you're going to eat it, there's a certain level of excitement where you're just like, all right, fuck it. If I'm going to eat it, I'm throwing it down. So I went in there. I haven't been in there in I can't remember the last time. And they got something. They got a triple cheeseburger. And it's like, absolutely. I'll take one of those fuckers. That's perfect. I'll take one of those. Give me a large fry. And uh, then I got a water. That was my way of trying to be halfway healthy. Verzi orders like a fucking smoothie. I love it. At McDonald's. Orders a fucking smoothie. Right? It's probably ground up like squirrel tail. With some, I don't even, I don't know what. Um, so he orders that. So we're standing in line and we're waiting to get our food. And all of a sudden, Verzi just creeps up on me, gets right in my ear, and he just goes, dude, don't turn around. All right, don't look. But there is a guy right behind me sitting down in a red shirt with a mustache who is trying to fucking stare me down. He just, no joke, dude, he just gave me one of the most hardcore fucking stare down looks I've ever seen in my life. All right? So now he's got me fucking nervous. I'm like, what the fuck's he talking about? So I kind of do the uh, pretending to stretch and I glance over and I look over at the guy and he has like some sort of brain damage. Okay. He's sitting there. You know that full metal jacket look where you, your head's kind of down so you're looking through the horizon of your eyebrows with your mouth hanging open? That's what he's doing. There's barely any brain activity. I don't know if he had some sort of... Uh, uh, head trauma or whatever. And then I kind of scan around them and there's like seven other adults with the same look on their face. And then I look and there's two reasonable, not reasonable, two regular looking adults, uh, whatever adjective I use is going to be offensive. Um, two adults with all their faculties. Obviously, they brought these people here in a van to fucking McDonald's. And I look at Paul, I'm like, dude, the guy's <laughs> fucking idiot. 
He's got special needs. You should have seen the guy, though. He looked like fucking, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when he fakes that he got the lobotomy. That's what the fuck this guy looked like. And uh, so finally, Verzi just starts laughing. He realizes that he's being an idiot. And now he's so into Texas. We're driving for the rest of San to San Antonio. He's looking for a place to buy a cowboy hat and a couple of cap guns because he wants to make another fucking YouTube video of him standing on the side of the road of this of this highway on a rock, you know, doing some shit about how he loves Texas. And this is the same fucking guy who, like, two hours earlier wanted to have a tire under under the seat and some sort of fucking pistol to shoot whoever the fuck was going to kidnap us. So, I don't know, long story short. Then we got, we got to San Antonio. We did, the, we did that gig, had a great time, and... Uh, I think I'm going to run out of time here because I got to read your letters. We ended up going to the uh, the next day. We we go to the Aggie game and we were coming up from Houston. We drove over to Houston, so we basically drove across the state of Texas uh, on the 10 from El Paso all the way to Houston. And then in Houston, we fucking drove to a Walmart to meet this booze bus to drive us up. Now they had two booze buses, an eight in the morning and one at 11:30. Everybody jumped on the eight in the morning because they wanted to get fucked up. We showed at the 11:30 one. It was like us. This older couple and then a group of four people in the back, the whole bus to ourselves. And they were Alabama fans and they were all cool as hell. And it was awesome, man. They had all these beers and then they had like this, uh, you know, some brisket and beans and all this shit that they made for you. And it was fucking great. We're chowing the food. We're slamming beers. Um, we got the cigars. We got the tickets. We're ready to go. Uh, drive up there. There's no fucking traffic because everybody's already there partying. And we pull into College Station. We see the stadium. We see everybody up there with the fucking uh, Aggie colors on. I never noticed how much how, how much red, uh, brighter red Alabama's colors are than the Aggies until you saw the two fans, you know, standing together. And it was just it was fucking awesome. We had a great time. Going into the game, right as we got in, we got in there just right after the flyover, and Manziel was starting to drive down the field. And dude, I got to tell you, when they scored those first two touchdowns. Uh, the stadium was going fucking crazy. Aggies go up 14 to nothing. And, uh, you know, because we were thinking Alabama was going to win. I didn't think they were going to cover, but I was like, I think they're going to win. And uh, he goes up 14 to nothing, and they were shutting them down on defense. And then, I don't it was a, one of the loudest stadiums I fucking bet in. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, that whole fucking thing with the Seahawks fans trying to set the record to be the loudest crowd is one of the gayest things I think I've ever seen in my fucking life. You know, what are you guys doing? You know? You know what that should... Somebody tweeted me that, and I said, well, you know, when you've never won a championship, you got to hang your hat on something. <laughs> what is the purpose of that, Seattle fans? And you might win one this year. But as of right now, what what are you guys doing? What is, what is the, the, the... Do you guys have a team song? If it is, I, if I if it is, I have to guess it's gonna. It's basically this. We are the loudest, my friends, and we'll keep on screaming till we lose. Do 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 do. We are the loudest. We are the loudest. No. Are the loudest bump 
because the architect designed the building to make us sound louder. You're a bunch of cheaters up there. You're not louder than anybody else. You're not louder than those Aggie fans. They had some rooftop orchestra fucking pit to keep it all, you know, contained. They'd sound loud, too. This is the thing, people. I went to a game there. I heard how fucking unbelievably loud it was, but I looked at the fans and you weren't yelling any louder. There was no guy like, like fucking punching himself, like how you could yell louder than any other human beings. We're basically created. We all came out of the same fucking mud puddle. You can't yell louder. You're no more passionate or nothing. You just got that little rooftop thing there holding it in. You know why? Because for all these years, you've needed that extra help. All right? But enough. Just win a fucking championship. Win a goddamn champ, which might happen this year. I hope it does. Because when it does, you won't waste your time on stupid, pointless things like trying to be the loudest. You think you're louder than Kansas City Chief fans? Those fans are loud. Okay? And they've had nothing to cheer about, cheer about for fucking years. So anyway, so we go in there, the fucking Aggie game. It's ridiculously loud. All natural, too. No PEDs. No architect trying to help them out. Just fucking completely natural. Christ, they didn't even have half a fucking... A third, a third of the stadium was missing. You know, in one of the end zones, they just had these little bleachers. You could see the dorm rooms. The traffic going by. You look far enough, you could probably see a cow taking a shit out in the field. Um, so anyways, they go up 14 to nothing. And then here comes fucking Bama. 14-7. 14-14, 21-14, Alabama, 28-14, Alabama, then halftime. And I got to tell you, they took the fucking air out of that stadium. All right? Fucking Aggies. Did they get the ball back? I think Alabama had it first. I don't remember. I was pretty hammered. Uh, but all I know is that they stopped them or whatever, but then the Aggies start fucking driving, and then they throw a fucking pick. And the guy takes it back. 35-14. Five unanswered touchdowns. And uh, one of my buddies that I'm, I'm with who's in the uh, pro, semi-pro football hall of fame. All right? Which is a fucking accomplishment. More than Skip Bayless ever did. Why am I attacking Skip? I just think it's funny to make fun of that guy. I don't give a shit about him either way. Um, he was just talking about... Uh, Alabama's offensive line. They're just saying, like, they're blowing them off the ball. I don't give a fuck who you, what weapons you have. If you win in that war, you're going to win the fucking game. And he was saying how uh, what's-his-face was going to run up the score because they, uh, they, uh, they lost last year or they, beat, they, they got beat last year. And um, so, I'm, so I'm, I, I can't believe, once again, I get unbelievably depressed. I just want to see Alabama fucking lose. This is the second year in a row. But then all of a sudden, here come the Aggies, 35-21. Okay, they're kind of back in it. And then it was then fucking Alabama scores 42-21. People start thinking it's over. But then the Aggies score again, 42-28. Then they finally got that number four in Alabama to fucking do something wrong all day. He fumbles the ball. They get the ball. They throw it to that number 13 kid. Fuck, I should know his name. The guy had like 290-something yards receiving. Ah, God damn it. I'm the worst. I really should know his name, and I should say the name of every fucking offensive lineman on Alabama. They were fucking unreal. Anyways, they're on like their own six or five-yard line. He 
Johnny Football throws the thing like 50 yards, 13 catches it, stiff arms the dude covering him, and runs the rest of the way, a fucking like 96-yard touchdown. And now all of a sudden it's 42-35. It's like, what the fuck? Here come the goddamn Aggies. And then right when you think they're going to tie it up, this might go into overtime, fucking Alabama scores. 49, 49-35, and then the fucking Aggies come back. 49-42, and then that was it. And it was fucking over. That, how many, tell me, what is that, seven, seven, six, 13 touchdowns. 13 touchdowns. The Aggies had over 600 yards in offense and still lost the game. Um, I don't know. It, it, was un, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable game. Um, you owe it to yourself at some point. You got to go to College Station. Go take in an Aggie game. We didn't have time to hang out at the Dixie Chicken and all those places that look cool as hell because um, we had to catch the fucking bus going back. And uh, all right, as great as the bus was going back, it was an absolute shit show. I mean, coming up, it was great. Going back, it was an absolute fucking shit show. First of all, we get back to the thing, you know, where we're supposed to meet. And everybody's breaking open brews. And at this point, I'm done with drinking, you know, because I'm going to fucking fall asleep. And I want to watch this fight. And I'm sitting there. And then this, this, this lady comes up to me. And she starts talking to my buddy. And he said something really nice about his – she asked him a question. And he said something really nice about his wife. Like, or, or she just said, oh, what do you think about all these Aggie girls out here? And he goes, ah, oh, you know, I'm married. I love my wife. I don't really look, but blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, good answer. Like, all of a sudden, like, he has to fucking get her fucking approval. And immediately, I'm just like, cunt. Cunt. You know when you got to whisper it? Cunt. Right? What a fucking th- good answer. It's like, and another thing, too, is nobody's talking to you. You just come fucking walking up, right? So she says to me, what are you doing here? I said, oh, you know, I'm just hanging out with my friends when we came out. She goes, oh, is this, she goes, is this your little, is this your little guy's weekend out? Right? And I'm just like looking at it. And I just looked. I was like, no, 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 it isn't. Is, is, what, what the, who are you? Get the fuck out of here, you know? Then she went over and she started throwing a football and she could throw a football. So I think that I shouldn't have whispered cunt. She's cunt. She's not a cunt, right? She can throw a football. She's, there's got to be something that's all right with her, right? So anyways. So this guy on the way up on the bus, like 30-year-old guy from Alabama, was a cool guy, funny guy and all that. Now he's completely loaded and is one of the biggest jerk-offs you're ever going to meet in your fucking life. And immediately he's like, you hanging here at College Station? You hanging here? You going to hang? Come on. You want to hang? Because it was two buses. The early one and the next one left for another four hours. Come on, man. Let's- Let's hang here in College Station. We, you want to hang here in College Station? And I'm like, no, I'm on the early bus. And all I'm thinking is, thank God this fucking jackass is not on the early bus because I don't know what happened to him because he was a great guy on the way up. Shut the shit with him almost for like the whole fucking ride up. We were all talking, his group and our group, it was totally cool. But I don't know, this fucking guy, one of those guys, add alcohol, and he becomes a completely different person. So now we got to go meet this booze bus back. There's a bunch of people. I know it's going to be packed. And who comes walking up? This fucking shitbird, right? Well, you know, no one else is hanging out, so we're taking the bus, right? <laughs> we get on the bus. I sit down. Verzi sits next to me, and this fucking jerk-off and his buddy. His buddy was cool. 
they sit right across from us. It's sort of diagonal. So immediately what I do, because it's pitch black out, it's, the sun has gone down, I just close my eyes and I act like I'm sleeping because I'm like, I'm not making contact with that fucking shit show, right? And our other buddy's sitting in fr- right in front of us. And uh, this fucking guy, I'm telling you, the whole ride back would not shut up. And he's just yelling, hey, A&M, 12th man, I, shoot, you guys were quiet as hell after a couple touchdowns. Then he just starts saying, I'd suck a dick. I don't know why. I don't know what spawned it. He just kept going, I'll tell you, I'd suck a dick. I would suck a dick right now if I could fuck. And he would name somebody famous. He's playing that game. Would you fuck Kathy Bates? If you could fuck, I tell you, I would suck. A di- now, I'm not talking about a hermaphrodite. I ain't doing no licky, licky, sticky, sticky, like just wouldn't. I know this sounds funny, but it wasn't. It was like old people, a couple rows up. And then at one point, this girl got up. This lady gets up to go to the bathroom, and he does this whole, whoa, hey, you know, like this. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was like in the accused, like he was making her uncomfortable in like a fucking sexual way it was really fucking bad so i don't know it, it, i don't i don't even fucking remember and then finally and verzi keeps going like i'm gonna say something i'm gonna keep saying and i just keep going verzi the guy is a jerk off okay you got a wife you got kids you got a house okay win or lose the fight you're gonna lose all right just this guy's in our life for another fucking half hour just ignore him and verzi i don't know why i don't know started engaging verzi finally just said to the guy because he kept butting into our conversations and I would just go, Hey, listen, I'm talking to my friend, you know, I don't want to talk to you or whatever. And then Verzi just goes, Hey, you know, basically, Verzi basically just told him to shut up. Said, you're being a drunk asshole. Nobody wants to talk to you. All right. Just shut the fuck up. And all I'm thinking is I have my sneakers off and if I have to fucking pull these guys apart, I got to run in my socks on a bus. Not that Verzi couldn't have handled this guy. This guy was just a drunk idiot. But anyways, uh, and then the guy just turns around and faces front like he's been scolded. And he shut up. And I'm like, thank God. And we found out afterwards, people around us were like, thank God you said that shit. But then I don't know what happened. Then he just started back up again. And one of my other friends started talking to the guy. And then he started going again. You know, I'd suck a dick. Hey, would you fuck blah, 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 blah. He was a fucking moron. Tell you what I need. I need a loose whore and some Mexican food. These are direct quotes. (laughs) And I'm telling you, there's these two, this cute old couple, like two seats in front of them. It was, it was an absolute fucking shit show. And by the time we get off the bus, it's like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go to the fight. I'm so over people at this point. But we're, and then of course we get back late. We can't find where we where we were staying at the Sheridan or whatever. We finally get back to the Sheridan. We go up. Don't even shower. Just put on some remotely respectable fucking clothes. And we run downstairs to catch the shuttle. Where we're gonna go see the fight is like 11 miles away, and the shuttle will only go in a five mile radius. So we go, fuck, all right, call a cab, call a cab. The guy calls a cab, it never calls, comes. He calls another cab, it never fucking comes. And at that point, I'm looking over at the bar, the hotel bar, 
and they're serving food. And I just say, there's four of us. And I say, one of the guys, I go, look, I go, I'm done, man. I'm just going to get a quesadilla and go to bed. Just fuck it. So Verzi and the other dude are looking at like, what the fuck? Come on, we got to make this happen. And then the other guy, I just don't name names in the podcast. The Hall of Famers friends like, yeah, dude, that's what I'm doing. So we go saddle up to the bar. And it was fucking hilarious. We're sitting at the bar. Now we're done. Our day's done. We're just going to get something to eat, maybe get a drink. And we're going to go upstairs and go to fucking sleep. But if we... If we look to the right, we see the TV with the highlights and the scores. But if we look to the left, we can see into the lobby. And I see Verzi and my other buddy. And they are still in the anxiety of trying to get to the fight. So I say to the dude I'm sitting at the bar with, I go, you know what's funny? That over there, and I was pointing to Verzi in the lobby, is going to become way more entertaining than this shit on the TV in about five minutes. And sure enough, Verzi starts flipping out. I swear to God, he must have said, Sheridan, like 58 fucking times. He just kept going like, I, I, well, I, we're at a Sheridan. We're at a, how can you not get a cab at a, at a Sheridan? This is a Sheridan. This is, this is a Sheridan. I, I, I don't understand this. How do you not get a cab at a Sheridan? Right? And then he walks over to the bar, and he's leaning in between me and the other dude, just going, I, just, I just don't understand. We're, we're, we're at a Sheridan. Right? And he's drunk. So they're sitting there, and they walk back and forth like 58 times trying to get the guy at the front desk to get a cab that will show up. But it's, for some reason, they're not showing up. So fine. And then I'm like, Paul, just, just fuck it. It's a wrap. Sit down and get some food. He goes, no, fuck that. Fuck that. This is one of the best fights of the year, and I'm going to miss it. I want to see it live. I want to see it live. I just never been in a Sheridan where you couldn't get a cab. <laughs> So now the cab doesn't show up. 20 fucking minutes later, whatever, we got a couple of drinks in front of us, and my fucking burger shows up with the French fries. I got a Coke. The other guy's got a, I don't know what, he had a salad with some chicken or some shit. And Furzy, at this point, he's like invading my space. He's literally becoming like that jerk off on the bus. I suck a dick, except he's going, we're at a Sheridan. How do you not get a cab at a Sheridan? And he's fucking leaning on the bar and all that. My food finally comes, and before the plate... Even hits the fucking bar. He goes, hey, can I get one of those french fries? And I looked at him, and I was so fed up with people. I looked at him. I said, you know what? No. No, you can't. And then the lady goes, the kitchen closes in five minutes. I go, Paul, just order a cheeseburger. And he goes, no, I'm going to this fight. And then he sits down on the other side of the guy, and he just looks at me. He goes, you know what? That was fucked up. That was fucked up what you just did there, right? He goes, if I, had, if I had some French fries, you wouldn't have to ask me. I, and he mimes grabbing like two huge handfuls. I go here. I go here. Take these. Take these. And I'm like, Farsi, you were leaning on my food. I don't lean over people's food. How the fuck can you not get a cab at a Sheridan? <laughs> so finally I look at them and I just go, you guys realize you have a rental car sitting out there in the parking lot. I don't know if you're too drunk to drive, but if you're not drunk enough to drive, the fight hasn't started enough, just go jump in the car and drive down the fucking street. So they go, fine, that's the plan. So the other guy goes up to look for the keys. He's up there for like 20 minutes. And I'm polishing off the burger. And Verzi is telling me that, he, you know, what a piece of shit friend I am. And at one point I go, Paul, I didn't – look, you're like an athlete who doesn't know when to end his career. It's over. 
We're not going to see the fight. It's fucking over. You know? So then he tries to order a fucking cheeseburger, and by then the kitchen's closed. Then they find another place that's within five miles that they can see the fight. So they run up to the front desk, and they go, ah, the guy who drives the shuttle just went home. And Verzi is fucking losing his mind. And uh, that guy upstairs could not find his keys to the rental car. Dude, it was a shit show. It was one of the most – it was almost as entertaining as the game, watching those two guys trying to get to the fight. And uh, they finally find the – oh, the guy I was sitting with had to go up and find the fucking keys. He finds the keys. And then they decide they're going to jump in the rental car to go watch the last half of the fight. And they're like, you sure you don't want to go? And I'm like, dude, I am paying for this, and I'm going to go upstairs, and I'm fucking going to sleep. And, uh, and that's exactly what I do. I go upstairs. Me and the other dude, we go upstairs, and we're just laughing our asses off. And those two fucking guys jump in a car to go find this fight at like a Dave and Buster's or whatever. So whatever. They went to some ESPN zone place, and they go there, and they don't have the fight. <laughs> so, so the whole thing was a fucking wash. I'm laying in bed, right, just about ready to fall asleep, just laughing my ass off and just thinking what a great game it was, what a wonderful drive it was and all that stuff, right? What a great weekend. And all of a sudden my phone buzzes and I get this picture and underneath it it says pussies. And I fucking look at the picture and it's a picture of Paul Verzi with a mug of beer. You can't even see his face. He's sucking it down. And I laughed and I just texted him back, don't get arrested because I'm going to have to get out and basically fucking bail you out. And then I fell asleep. I fall asleep and like three hours later, I think I started dreaming about chainsaws out of nowhere. And then I, I fucking w- wake up and Verzi is in the bed next to me. He's in the other twin there and he is fucking snoring at an Olympic level. So I'm waking up, Verzi, Verzi. And he's <laughs> like, like that. And I'm just like, Verzi, I'm fucking kicking the bed. And he's with, uh, uh, uh. and I'm like, dude, dude, you're snoring. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. And then two seconds later, <laughs> like immediately would fall back to sleep and sound like, I don't know, like someone was choking a fucking warthog. So I'm sitting over there. I'm making like a pillow sandwich with my fucking head, trying to block him out. And uh, he swears that he heard me yell, motherfucker. I don't remember saying that, but I kept falling asleep and then waking back up to this fucking jackass. I immediately have sympathy for every housewife out there if your husband snores like that. Right? So I fucking, I went into my bag and I got earplugs out that I wear on the plane or whatever, jammed those things in there and then you know, there's like four pillows to a bed, had two on one side, two on the other. And I, you know, it's impo- if, I, if it was possible to put myself in a headlock, I would have to try and block my ears. And uh, I don't know, it's hilarious. Woke up the next, when I woke up in the morning, he was already gone. He had an early flight. And at that point, of course, we were laughing about the French fry. He's still pissed. He's still pissed and on some level is questioning my level of loyalty to him. Um, and I don't give a shit. All right. That's the deal. I would never – if you're listening to this, Paul, I would never hover over your fucking food. And I would never ask you for any of your fucking food before you had a chance to get bite number one, okay? There's, there's etiquette. 
There's etiquette. You don't show up the pitcher. All right? You don't sit on somebody else's motorcycle. You don't play somebody else's drums without asking them. There's all kinds of stuff. All right? You don't tell some you don't you don't criticize about the way somebody parents their own kid. You don't do that. And for the and you don't fucking take somebody's French fry. You don't fucking do that before the plate even hits. How dare you? How dare you, Paul Verzi? You weren't raised right. All right? I fucking stand by that. And any other piece of shit out there that defends him, you know what? Go eat with Verzi. You're not welcomed at my table. <laughs> All right, here we go. I haven't even gotten into the fucking... I haven't got into the, uh, the letters for this week. Well, that's what happens if you go to Texas. You're going to have the biggest podcast ever. Um, e-voice, everybody. If you're an entrepreneur and a customer calls, do you want to seem like you're in a high-rise, window-view, fancy-pants office? Or do you want them to know you're sitting in your, there in your underwear? Um, with eVoice, you can create the appearance of an entire building. Sales, customer support, tech support, you name it. The person on the other end of the line, they're not going to know what you're doing. Give your customers the royal treatment with eVoice. eVoice will forward business calls to your home, mobile, or any number you choose, wherever you are. eVoice will find you. Don't have time to make a call? Don't, oh, sorry. Don't have time to take a call? It's routed to your voicemail. No worries. And you can read it at your convenience as an email. Evoice not only gives you an edge over your competitors, it takes away the edge the big companies have over you right now. And that is huge, ladies and gentlemen. And right now, you can try Evoice for free for 30 days. How do you do it? Go to evoice.com or just click, go to the podcast page at billbird.com and click on the Evoice banner. I hope you do it. Good luck starting your own business. All right, LegalZoom. Um, a lot of pride comes along with starting your dream business. But think about the stress you'll feel if you don't take the right steps to legally protect your business and personal assets from the beginning. That's why I recommend LegalZoom.com. During the past 12 years, over a million business owners have trusted LegalZoom to help start their businesses. LegalZoom will save you a lot of time and a pile of money on startup costs. Plus, they'll provide solutions to help you run a successful business. LegalZoom can provide self-help services at your specific specific direction, or connect you with an attorney, but they are not a legal law firm. Uh, just go to LegalZoom.com today to see what's right for you. Form an LLC, get a DBA, incorporate, or form a nonprofit, all starting at just $99 a month. You can't beat that. Plus, you'll save even more when you enter Burr in the referral box at checkout. Please don't forget to do that. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code Burr, B-U-R-R. One more time, LegalZoom.com, promo code Burr. All right, there you have it. So those are those are my uh, my uh, my Texas stories. This has been the Texas Diaries, everybody. And uh, is bummed. Uh, is, I can't say bummed now, knowing that that means ass raped in England. Um, as sodomized as I felt, <laughs> as disappointed as I was that we didn't get to do the show in El Paso. The upside is I get to go to that wonderful part of the country again. And I think what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to do the show, and I'm actually going to do a road trip the other way. I might drive out to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they uh, they shot the unbelievable show Breaking Bad. I got to do a few episodes of that. and But they also shot one of my favorite movies of all time, No Country for Old Men. And I want to drive around and look at some of those shooting locations, like the motel where they shoot, brought, they killed Josh Brolin and all of that type of stuff. Um I am converted. I, I, the Southwest, all of that stuff is some of the most beautiful scenery you can ever see. 
right up through Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, all those places they fucking make fun of, man. I'm telling you, they're unbelievable. Um, and my apologies to that guy. I'm going to try to get his email from my uh, the guy who helps me with my podcast. i got to try to smooth shit over with him because I feel bad about that. Um, all right, here we go. Let's read some stuff. All right, character assassination. Hello, Billiam. I'm a freshman in the university over in England, and everything is good in the world apart from one small annoyance. I have just got in from a night out on the town. I had just got in from a night on the town, and it's 7 a.m. I experienced something that I feel I need to ask you about, and I'd love the advice you give. And I love the advice you give, so feel, and so feel you're the best person to ask. All right, granted, you're hammered, and you're writing this at 7 in the morning. Okay. Um, I've been at the university for five days, and everyone is getting on really well. I have been the guy that cracks the jokes and makes sure everyone is included and makes sure everyone comes out to drink every night. This evening, um, a new guy moved into my flat, and immediately the group dynamic changed. He seemed to be very sure of himself, and it felt as though he believed he was better than us. He constantly made remarks about the lack of girls in the group and had a general air of complacency. Uh, to put a long story short, he tried to humiliate me in front of everyone. He made me feel little by making a big deal out of a remark I made sarcastically. I said that I had a cousin who was quite attractive. I was clearly joking, but he made it his mission to say it was incestuous. And because I'm from Wales, he suggested that I have sexual intercourse with sheep. Oh, you guys are the ones who get that out there. Um, a well-known Welsh stereotype, but is potentially true. He wrote with a little smiley wink face. Um, I sensed that the entire room knew I was joking and found it strange that he made such a big deal out of it. But due to his highly confident, almost cocky personality, they were scared to argue with. with well, you got to nip that in the butt. Yeah, you got you to step to that guy immediately. Be like, dude, it's just a joke. Why do you keep talking about it? Do you secretly want to fuck a sheep? So you're trying to put it on me because your dick gets a little hard as you're talking about it? You fucking weirdo. Just you got You got to come at that guy. You know, you don't have to do like, dude, you say that again, I'll fucking knock your teeth down your fucking throat. You don't have to go there yet. You don't have to. All right. Anyways, let's 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 move on here. Uh, I sense the entire room, but blah, 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 blah. I explained myself for several minutes and he continued to make a big deal out of nothing. And I feel most of the room agreed with me. Yeah, you, you were giving him. Like to a guy like that, that's a sign of weakness uh, for you to keep explaining. Where he goes, nah, I think you want to fuck a sheep. No, no, it was a joke. No, I was just, I, no, I thought, I thought, I thought he said you were all right, spider. You're becoming spider here. You can't do that. Um, I felt like the best course of action was to punch him as hard as I could in the face. Ah, all right, I like that. Good move. I resisted the urge to punch him, and I removed myself from the situation. And as I have a feeling that the best way to deal with shitty people is to avoid them. Well, it depends on. Well, if avoiding him means not hanging out with the friends that you're making, you have to address it. Now, you don't need to punch him in the face, though. I'm just joking. Uh, the problem was that most of the room came with me as they felt I was in the right, thus isolating him on his first night. This is not what I wanted to happen. Dude, you've got to stop being a people pleaser. He's being a cunt, and he needs to sit there and think about it. Um, he said, this is not what I wanted to happen as the first night in university is the hardest, and I didn't want to be the cause of his lonesomeness, even though... It was somewhat self-inflicted, somewhat in self-inflicted. It was totally self-inflicted, sir. He goes, this made him dislike me more. And as we left to go out drinking in the nightclubs, he came up to me and locked me in the eyes and said, I hate you. 
yeah, this guy's just an insecure cunt. He goes, I didn't know how to handle it as I was not set out to make enemies and he seemed to want to hate me. And I just say, all right, well, cool. All right. Well, we got, we got that over quick. Enjoy your time at the university. We don't have to be friends. Have a nice evening. And he goes, I feel like I've tried to be nice, but he has beef with me. Don't be nice to this guy. Fuck this guy. He goes, my question for you is, would you have left the room when the guy tried to humiliate you or would punching him be the best option? All right. At this age, I wouldn't have left the room and I would have given him shit and I wouldn't have punched him in the face. At your age, I probably would have let him roll all over me, bully me, and then would have for some reason become friends with him and let him treat me like shit for the next five years of my fucking life. That's what I would have done at your age. So, um, that's basically what you shouldn't avoid this guy. You shouldn't take any shit from this guy. This guy has got a lot of issues. He probably has a bad father or, or home situation. And he's basically in the beginnings of going out into the world and taking out his childhood on other people. So the only way he can do that to you is if you allow him to. Um, you don't need to be friends with someone like that. But what you do need to do is you need to draw a line. And that guy has to respect the fact that he can't get out of line with you. All right? So if he comes up and says, I hate you, just be like, hey, you know, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. Have a nice evening. And he said, no, I really fucking hate you. And just be like, listen, dude, do you have a problem? Is there something, you know, if you're going to do something, do what the fuck you feel you need to do or get the fuck out of my face and just leave it at that because he's not going to throw a punch. And if he comes up and says, I hate you, he sounds like a fucking seventh grader. And it sounds like you have it in you to punch somebody in the face. Uh, so, you know, and if, and if you already know that about yourself, you don't have to prove it again. So don't, don't go with violence, man. That's a, that's stupid advice. Just when he comes up and says, I hate you, just be like, yeah, all right. There's nothing I can do about it. It's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, I wish it wouldn't happen. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what he wants out of you, but, uh, the biggest thing that I've gotten from this, because I, I can't tell you what to do, because I'd have to know a lot more about the situation as to how to handle that guy. But the biggest thing I got out of this is your need to try and make things better and be a people pleaser with someone who doesn't deserve that. You sound like a really nice guy. All right. And you know what happens to nice guys? They attract assholes because people who don't tolerate assholes, they, they can't get in there. So some of the biggest cunts in the world hang out with some of the nicest fucking people in the world who don't know how to stick up for themselves in certain situations. So this is what I've told a couple people in my life. Make, make somebody earn how nice a person you are. Don't just be giving it away and just being nice to everybody. Uh, this guy hasn't earned it, so fuck him. All right? Fuck that guy. Don't take any shit from him, and, uh, but don't, don't let him – don't allow that guy to make you mad. Yeah, and then you throw a punch, and then you got issues at school because this guy's a cunt. He had a bad dad. Fuck that. Fuck that. If he comes up and says he hates you again, just be like, dude, I got it. You, you already said that. I understand you don't like me. So get out of my face and get on with not liking me. All right? If you really didn't like me, you wouldn't be coming up to me. So why don't you prove to me how much you don't like me? Don't listen to what I say. Everything I say, it always escalates into a fucking rolling around on the floor kind of thing. I hope something in there helped you. Um, all right. Hiroshima and documentary to check out. Dear Billy Vaughn Reddington. <laughs> Bill, I am an American living in Hiroshima teaching English. It's a great gig where I get to meet a lot of the locals and teach them how to pronounce things the way we do. 
My dad was in the Army, so I grew up learning a lot about American history, especially military history, since it was such a big part of our lives being in a military family and all. I'm a huge fan, blah, 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 he writes, and I am happy to hear that you are getting into World War history in a big way. Uh, the last few weeks of the MM podcast have almost been weird as you are discovering a lot of the same things I did about our past and about how mo the modern world came to be. When I was a kid, World War II aviation, especially in the Pacific, had a profound effect on me. And the book Flyboys was the first time I ever read about, uh, about shit going down in the Philippines and how we got all these overseas territories in Puerto Rico and Guam and all of that. Before that, I was just brought into believing that we were the good guys and everyone else was to blame for everything wrong in the world. Also, I have to agree with the last person who wrote in that the Dan Carlin podcast, Ghost of the Ostfront, I got to listen to that, Ostfront, O-S-T-F-R-O-N-T, everybody, Dan Carlin. Spelled the same as George Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N, Ghosts of the Ost Front, O-S-T-F-R-O-N-T, all one word. From the hardcore history was life-changing. The fucking Russians lost between 20 and 40 million people, and many of those were civilians. We lost a half million in the whole war. Uh, there is a saying that World War II was won with British intelligence, American steel, and Russian blood. Wow, man. Jesus Christ, that's a sacrifice and a half, huh? Understatement of the year. I got to listen to that. This could not be more true, he's saying about that expression. After the war, when we went to rebuilding Western Europe and the Russians basically occupied everything to make sure this shit never happened again. Um, let me read that sentence in a better way. After the war, we went to rebuilding Western Europe and the Russians basically occupied everything to make sure that this shit never happened again. All right, now the cold... Now the Cold War from the Russian side makes total sense to me, and I think it will to you after you listen to the podcast. Um, and also, I know you mentioned that you hate ancient shit before cowboys and Indians, but you have to check out the podcast also from Dan Carlin called Death Throes of the Roman Republic. Oh, dude, I'll, listen, if someone's going to tell me about it, I can listen to anything. But to sit down and read it, my brain doesn't work like that. It just goes, why don't we go get a beer, man? Why are we reading all this Heavy stuff, man. Ancient Rome, you see, used to be a democracy before the Roman Empire, and it faced a lot of the same problems. Jesus Christ, are we actually learning things here? My God. All right, stay with me, people. I got a little more to read here. Um, ancient Rome used to be a democracy before it became a Roman Empire, and it faced a lot of the same problems we face today before it ultimately became an empire rather than a democracy. Oh, Jesus, that sounds familiar. You see... There were two groups in ancient Rome that basically ran shit. The Publicanes, I hope I said that right, who were rich and conservative, and the Populaires, the populists who sought power through gaining the support of the poor. Oh, my God. So basically, we're, this is their Fox News and CNN. And ultimately, it was this struggle that led to the imperial Rome. Check it out. Uh, last one here. You need to check out Fog of War. It's a documentary free on YouTube that won the Oscar back in 2004, I think. It's about Robert S. McNamara, who was most famous for being Secretary of Defense during the Cuban Missile Crisis in Vietnam. Before all that, he was a statistician in World War II. He was one of the guys who crunched the numbers to see how much destruction could be caused by daylight bombing in Germany and later in Japan. In this documentary, he points out that by firebombing fire Japan, we killed more civilians in Tokyo in one night than we did in the bombing of Hiroshima. And that's also amazing when you read the, that, that Flyboys book, as you just realize that you know, because I always learned that we were trying to demonstrate our dominance. That's why we ended up dropping the bombs and we didn't need to. But like when you see how 
their people were taught that we were devils, had tails, had green blood, and we were going to eat them if we won. And when we approached the civilians, they would throw their babies off cliffs and jump off too. That, I mean, we were going to have to lose way more people. I don't know. There's an argument for both sides. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. And it's nuts that there's actually rules in war and that it's somehow legal. Um, anyways, the bomb looms still to this day in the town of Hiroshima. And there is an overwhelming belief that it should not have been used no matter what. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You'd think that they would think that, you know, and over here we'd be like, well, you know, we were going to lose a lot of guys. Um, but here they seem to, to miss a few things. First of all, a land invasion would have resulted in a million more Japanese dead since they would not surrender and were told that the Americans would eat them and their families. Yeah, we read the same book. Second, if we had blockaded the island rather than invade or drop the A-bond, millions would have starved to death. Last of all, and most often overlooked, is if the Allies had invaded Japan, then Russia would have invaded too. And just like in Europe, we would have given a large part of Japan to Russian to rule over. So northern Japan could have been like North Korea if we had dropped the bombs. I'm not a hippie, and I'm not writing from some idea that America is evil and our enemies did nothing wrong. But it is amazing to see how much was going on from all sides, good and bad. And it gives a richer, fuller version of what actually was going on all over the world at the time. Exactly. That's why I loved reading that book. I like, you know. That's why I like listening to people trash the Patriots. How, what is your viewpoint of this? How do you look at it? You know, you got to listen to some of that, right? Anyways, love the podcast. Come to Hiroshima to the Bomb Museum sometimes for a pretty sobering history. Keep up. Oh, I'll definitely do that someday. Keep it up, and most of all, go fuck yourself. All right. It's probably the most intelligent thing that's ever been uttered. And of course, it was written by somebody else. All right. I'm plowing through all of this, people. we got a couple more to go. Um, Henry Kissinger. Dear Billy West wins. Uh, oh, Billy West, the great uh, voiceover guy. One of the voices of Ren and Stimpy. I mean, he might have done both, right? Stimpy, you idiot. You don't deserve to live. Um, sorry, terrible impression. Um, do you know how evil Kissinger is? The man is a war criminal. Uh, he carpet-bombed Cambodia, oversaw the coup in Chile that practically destroyed, destroyed their great nation, Jacked off to the dropping of Agent Orange all over Vietnam. Okay, this is very slanderous, sir. He's pure evil. He's a Zionist who believes in ethnic cleansing, cleansing and has gone on record promoting policy that promote depopulation. Not the, hey, everyone, hey, everyone's cool. What? Not the, hey, everyone, cool it on the fucking depopulation. More like, let's get guys to fight those guys both sides We'll have civilians die and go hungry. I think you've left out some words in that. Um, he goes, I'm Jewish. I love Jews, the good ones. I love all people, no matter their religion. I've been to Israel and believe it is a beautiful and moving place. But the state of Israel is pure evil. Not the people, the government. My father worked for a company that did business with the Israeli government. That's all I can say about his business. But I can say that he was privy to some insane things. The type of things that make you lose sleep. The main objective in almost all policy he saw was to create money and wealth for a few families, for the few families that run Israel. True Judaism and love for the religion is almost obsolete when you get high enough in power. Yeah, that's kind of true everywhere. Kind of all goes out the window um, once you get to that eyes wide shut level. Uh, the heads of the state use Judaism as a way of silencing anyone who questions their actions, where we use support the troops. Call someone an anti-Semite and see how quickly they shut up. 
uh, call a Jew an anti-Zionist, and it's the same thing. They shut up. Us Jews have suffered, but so have lots of people who can't be quantified into that group. Anyways, fuck Kissinger. All right, well, I guess I have some reading up on to do on that. Uh, that's one man's opinion. But, I mean, it just it doesn't at all just – if you start reading about it, it all just seems to be the same story over and over again because we really are all the same. And I think that, like, you know, just – once you go beyond a certain level of power, I think there's maybe a handful of people in the world that can handle it. And the rest of us start to feel like we're godlike. And uh, we start summoning people to come in and give us blowjobs. <laughs> uh, drinking wine out of some yak's bladder or whatever the, however the fuck they did that. That's disgusting. Um, all right. Last but not least, I probably shouldn't fuck her. Uh, hey there, Kubi the freckle-faced kid. Hey, how cool was it last week where they gave my character a uh, first name? I don't want to ruin anything, but I was sitting there on pins and needles watching that stuff. And by the way, if you're up to date, I'm not going to ruin anything on Breaking Bad. But uh, I'm asking this people outside the United States because I don't know of any U United States show that has ever been better than Breaking Bad. Um, my stomach has been an absolute nuts watching the show. And each week, it just keeps getting ratcheted higher and higher. Like, last night's episode was, like, one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. And if you live in another country, okay, and you know of a show, if you've watched all of Breaking Bad and you know of a show that you think is on par or, dare I say, better, I want to know what it is. And I don't care if there's no subtitles. I will sit down and just view it because – what they've done with the second half of this fifth season, I've, I've never seen anything like it in my 40 years of sitting in front of the idiot box. I can actually say it's not an idiot box anymore when there's something like that on TV. It's just unbelievable. And if you're late to the party, by all means, when all five seasons come out, you, you owe it to yourself to download them, buy them, and don't blow through them, Okay. It's a fine wine. Open a bottle a night. <laughs> Sit there with your friends and discuss it. Um, it's incredible. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about as far as people handling power, you know, it's, it's unreal. It's unfucking believable Anyways, last one. Here we go. Oh, and a lot of people have asked me about the Saul, uh, you know, Saul Goodman spinoff. Um, I know as much as you guys know. I just heard it. I heard it's, it's going to be a prequel. So if it's a prequel, I would feel that that's years before. I don't know if he gets to Albuquerque and people have been asking if I'm going to be on it. I have no idea. I hope so. I have no idea. But whether I am or whether I'm not, I'm watching every episode. <laughs> um, anyway, if it's a prequel, shouldn't I come in at like the very last one? And then we all move to Albuquerque. See that right there? That's why I don't write. <laughs> that was a terrible idea. Sorry. Anyways, I probably shouldn't fuck her is the last one here. Uh, hey there, Kubi the freckle face. I need some help. So there's this crazy broad at my job who's I'm, who I'm 99% sure I could fuck if I asked directly. Uh, now I feel free to – now I feel free to think this because she isn't exactly top shelf trim. But she's certainly worth trying a shot if it's free. Um, I got to tell you, dude, there's, 
that's one of the biggest lies in the universe. It's never free. There's never been a free. There's never been a free piece ever in the history. It all comes with a price. All right. It all does, especially when you're trying to bang somebody you're working with. Right there, you're shitting where you're eating. You take that could go very bad very quickly. Uh, he goes, I've worked with her for about two years, and for a while she was putting on what seemed to be a pretty pr strong press. Excessive hanging out at my desk, finding random ways to mess with me, laughing at anything I do. You know, office flirty bullshit. Well, maybe she likes you. She might actually like you. See, this is the way a guy looks at, uh, she wants to suck my dick, right? So she's going to be sitting there thinking you're making love, and you're like, uh, can I come in your mouth? Right? And then you treat her like, I'm telling you, that's how shit starts. So anyways, uh, then I launched a passive attempt to smash. Told her we should get drinks. Oh, no, dude. Just the way you talk about women, and the, uh, which is hilarious coming from me, but the way, and totally hypocritical, the way you talk about women, uh, like this, this is not going to end well. I uh, told her we should get drinks. We went out to catch a movie after work, but didn't make a major move because of fear of her having a story to tell the office about rejecting me. Very smart. Nothing happened and things cooled way off. Uh, long story short, since then, she's exhibited advanced signs of female dementia. Well, before I go any further, I'm going to guess that because you, you didn't make a move, she thought that, oh, he went out to see what kind of a person I am and was expecting maybe a follow-up date. And when it didn't happen, that's sending her the signal that you didn't, you didn't like something about her. So maybe now that's why she's distant. I don't know. He said the worst... One being an incident where she invited me to hang out with her and I taught her how to rip a bong. All right, this went a wholly different direction, totally different direction. She got unreasonably high and wound up locking herself in the bathroom, calling her mom to say how she invited me over, got high, and was worried I was going to take advantage of her. Her mom was about to call the cops, but she did stop her. For what it's worth, I'm 6'5", 200-pound black guy, and she's a small Asian girl, so I really saw a bad end to that storyline. Oh, Jesus Christ, absolutely. So we are now back to normal with her being a 200-proof bottle of crazy and me wondering if the crazy to good pussy <laughs> positive correlation holds true. That's fucking hilarious. If I figure she can't get any crazier, and if I just ask directly, we can eliminate the chance of confusion and calls to the police. Am I totally insane for still wanting to fuck this girl? Thanks and go fuck yourself, bitch. Um, all right. I hope there's women listening to this. Because right now, because you don't have a dick, you're probably, and this is why you think guys are so dumb. And I want you the same way this guy was talking about World War II from the other perspective. You got to look at having a dick from the other perspective with, I swear to God, empathy. Now, I'm going to pause while you roll your eyes, ladies. But this is how powerful having a dick is. This is how much it runs your life. Like the amount of shit that just got shot across the bow of this guy's dick. Okay. And he's still thinking like, nah, I think I can make it. What if I just said, hey, you want to fuck? And we just fucked. I could somehow get this urge out of me 
and then I could then go back to work. You know what's funny, sir, is the fact that if you fuck this girl and if it is as good as you think it's going to be, like you're going to be able to go back, you know, to work and where you're never going to bang again. You already know this girl is fucking nuts. All right. I'm removed from the situation. I haven't seen her, so I don't have any desire for you. I could tell you 100 fucking percent. Do not repeat. Do not fuck this girl. Stand down, sir. Abort. What other other military? Rub one out before you go to work. Okay? Go out. You know what? Go out and find some other crazy fucking woman that you don't have to see at work. Okay? That's it. That's it. All right? Do not do it. Yeah, you're not totally insane for fucking this woman. If you didn't have a dick, you would be. But you do have a dick, so I understand. Because God knows I've made never-ending mistakes with my dick. Trust me. All right? And by the time you figure out your dick, women don't want to fuck you anymore anyways, so it's pointless. So I'm trying to fucking fast-forward you to where the hell I'm at. (laughs) Hour and 30-minute podcast. This might be one of the longest ones ever. All right, that's the podcast this week, everybody. Um, Before I do the little wrap-up here, I want to just let you guys know where I'm going to be this week. Um, Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Bill. Ah, you cunt. I can't even type with two hands. Forget about one. One finger. Uh, All right, official website. Bing, bang, boom, well. I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in West Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Toronto this weekend. Uh, This week, I should say. So let's see if I can get the... uh, All right, on September 18th. The fuck out of here. I got to fly out to Wednesday? No. Ah, Jesus Christ. I I really have... I have no fucking life. All right. Evidently, on September 18th, I'm going to be at Keith Albee Theater, provided there's no rain. Whatever the fuck could happen. What could happen... Provided nobody still blows up near the fucking venue and lights it on fire, I'll be at the Keith Albee Theater on the 18th. On the 19th, I'm doing West Virginia, West Virginia University. In Morgantown, West Virginia, on the 20th, I'm doing Heinz Hall for the Performing Arts. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Heinz Hall. And then on the 21st, I'm doing Queen Elizabeth Theater, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, that is it. In the following week, September 28th, I'm doing the Chicago Theater for two shows. First one is sold out. The second one is almost there. For the love of God, get your ass down to the show. All right? And with that, let's do the, uh, let's do the old wrap-up here. The old wrap-up. Where the hell is it? Um, now that the show is over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial on Hulu Plus when you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's the podcast this week. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. I apologize to everybody in El Paso. It was an act of God. There was nothing I could do about it. I'm definitely coming back. We're going to get that makeup date as soon as we can. I don't give a shit if I have to come there 50 times. I'm doing a show there. All right? That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.